No, um, all right. Uh, all right, let's get a uh, let's get a cash in, and then we're going to move on to Kenny Omega. Um, this is for Arlen. Hey, podcast people. This is Emily Scott calling in from the Carolina Cow Contingent. And my question slash topic of conversation is about the brand. CCC. And uh, what do you think is best? <laughs> Carolina Cow Contingent. CCC. Wait, what did she say? Um, Greetings, Clearwater. Uh, rosters and storylines. Uh, is it better having the unified roster with the storylines uh, travel split. across both shows? This is a common topic of conversation in my house. You're kind of helping uh, settle a, uh, an argument here. So, um, yeah, just uh, curious to hear your thoughts about that. Is maybe one better for business while another is better for creativity? How do you see this going once uh, the uh, SmackDown moves to Friday night? SmackDown. Have, have an impact on this? How do you actually think also the podcast is going to handle that move? I know it's several months out. Implosion. Um, yeah. This lady's got a lot of questions. Uh, is there any, also any kind of movement you'd like to see uh, um, between the two shows uh, or set up in some way? Like another idea was floated a couple weeks ago about... Uh, maybe having the tag team division all on one show. Yeah, so just tell us about uh, what you think about the brands and what they should do. Um, so, yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, this podcast is great, and I really appreciate this community you guys have helped develop. Uh, my friends, with all that's going on in the world today, I always wonder how my blood pressure is at such a healthy level. And uh, honestly, it's having this show and this Facebook group <laughs> to be a distraction is a big part of that. So uh, thanks a lot, and uh, cheers up. Cheers up. <laughs> Right, anyway. Cow Podcast Treatment Center Lowering Blood Pressures yeah. <laughs> Carolina Cow Contingent yeah. Triple C Yeah, yeah the CC&C uh, uh, Check uh, with your uh, Wrestling I, I want to answer All those questions But we didn't finish The AJ conversation What was your game plan You just You just played a Cash in we just like We were having a very Long conversation <laughs> That had no conclusion I thought, we, I thought we concluded At 90 no, Newman and I disagreed with you and Jeff. No, and said I said he should be 90, but I think also Charlotte should be 90. I, I mean, that's a compromise. All right, well, all right, we're going back to this, okay? Okay, so, so we're just uh, ignoring this latest cash. No, no Dan just, like, played it without concluding the conversation. <laughs> I thought we were at a conclusion. I figured we go back to the tape. It felt concluded. Dictator. Um, I didn't want to hear what you had to say. You ever think about that for Dictator. once? I know you're the boss at work, but now I'm the boss, baby, the legit boss. Hey, real quick, we got two hours left, guys. Oh, okay, thank Jesus. you. So now we're, we're back on. This is a regular episode. <laughs> yeah, starting the regular app. Now. This is hot garbage. Okay, so, yo. Uh, all right, so we all want to keep AJ at 90, Arlen. What do you want from me? <laughs> and you, now he's looking at his phone. He's, he's not even in here anymore. looking to negotiate Charlotte deals, it sounds like. I, I, I'm happily, I'll negotiate a Charlotte deal. I'll put her in the 90s also, but AJ deserves to be there. I just feel like she's like keep her eighty nine is like let's have her have like her big moment, I, dude. She's What's had AJ's some big, big ones. Moment? She's had some big ones. AJ was just being in WWE and becoming the <laughs> champion. Wrestle how King, how can you not say that for Charlotte? Kingdom ten. I mean, against you guys, you guys are a joke. You're the sexist. guy's been in the company for three years. He's had three singles matches at WrestleMania, and he, uh, uh, once he showed up in two titles runs, one for a year, almost the longest reigning uh, 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 champion. If he he almost beat the record, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Charlotte uh, has headlined main events after a hundred years of that not happening. Well, unfortunately, the women's belt is newer than the lineage of the, of which the, is uh, why it's more important. You know what? Here's the deal. 
you're the only one yelling about this, and, and it, 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 we're, we're, we're all in a agreement here. On. Yeah. I played a cash in and a sound like you're, 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 shut you you're, up. you're alone here. It's just you. I'm saying she could go at 90. Well, I, are we putting her there or not? Isn't the whole point to come to a conclusion? All right, Charlotte, let's see. Dude, I, I don't have any cash ins on Charlotte because whatever, but I mean, Charlotte, I don't know. I'm sticking with an 89 for Charlotte. And to put her in that A area is. But your argument for AJ is your argument against Charlotte. You're like, oh, just, she hasn't had any moments. And well, I'm like, what's, uh, what's AJ's moment? I You're like, oh, see, he's just being there. I see Becky creeping up, and I think Becky's going to be the 90 women's wrestler. Becky is, yeah, but the, Becky's is, the exciting one right now. But Charlotte's, this is your recency bias. Charlotte's above Becky right now. Yeah, you, didn't put Becky, you didn't even put Becky on the list. Yeah, we didn't even rate Becky, but she's great. And we'll oh, get to yeah. her. But Charlotte, I think, if you're going to, who's higher ranked as, one, as the greatest wrestler of all time, the greatest female wrestler, it's clearly Charlotte over Becky, even though Becky's like the, the biggest thing in the company it's right me. now. Charlotte is just she's had more I mean, I'll put this Charlotte is, at ninety. This might be hot, but I think I would put I would put Becky at like a eighty eighty 80? 80 is good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I, I might even go higher than that, I but I could go higher. It's hard because that, we're yeah, mixing like the men and women, and those divisions are just different. They're right. totally different. Yeah. But we're just talking about their impact. All right, let's put it back here to 82, all right? Yeah, that cool. sounds good. All right, she's in. That, uh, that ties her with China, for the record. So. <laughs> China's That's okay. The, China was the, inter, was the intercontinental men's champion. Yeah, China's an, uh, uh, a legend. I'm going to move Charlotte to a 9-0. Okay, right. I think okay. we're all we're all okay. I, I, I believe that you've made the argument by, <laughs> by just annoying sheer force, me. by sheer force. <laughs> I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to anno- annoy you again, but I, I don't say, think Ronda's an 85. All right, well here's my deal. If Ronda's Becky's an 82, the, to me Ronda's not an 85. In terms of the in terms of the wrestling, in, ter- in sheer like volume of of. She she's done almost I, nothing. I'm not here. To, I'm not here to argue about Ronda. I'll I'll go already anyway. I, I just feel like she's made the she in my head she made the women's division relevant already. Like she's done such great work. Charlotte did that. No, Ronda's she just didn't. Famous, dude. You're so wrong. Ronda Rousey right now is everyone is excited about who's gonna face her. She came in and picked up this business so fast. Uh, She's already like the Cena of the women's division. I mean, she's not great on the microphone yet, but I'm just like, uh, where she's headed is it's up to her. (laughs) She's also not great in the wrestling ring yet. She's very good. Her matches are all very good. She has cool like moves that she does. She's not like a great wrestler. She has. I mean, she has the best. She's the best pure striker in, in, in <laughs> yeah, WWE yeah, yeah. right now. She has the most um, consistent faces that don't match what's happening in <laughs> WWE. Sure. What was the best match of WrestleMania last year? Ronda Rousey stole the show at WrestleMania last year. What and was she, the best and, match? Hey, hot take. She's going to steal the show again yeah. next year. But it's fine. I'll move her wherever because I know Ronda Rousey is going to go at least to an 85 when she, when all said it done. And just a, we need to make the point, we all already know this already, and I hate to bring this guy up. It's a sensitive subject. But Adam Letterman, right? He's married to a woman named Vera. What do you think she gives a shit about? She hates wrestling, couldn't care less. But Ronda Rousey's in wrestling. It's a big thing. She's like, hey, I'll, I'll watch that. Yeah, let's check it out. He wants to put it on TV. She's like, sure. Wow. He, you know, she wants a T-shirt. It's Ronda Rousey. Like, Huge, it's getting people. It's true. There's a big crossover. There's a mainstream crossover right. appeal thing that we talked about when we talked about The Rock. We talked about when we talked about that, that beautiful lady is married to that piece of shit, Adam Letterman. All right, take it easy. He's our friend, too. But the thing is, it's an example. Whatever. It's an example of... Just the the significance, the impact, the cultural shift that Ronda Rousey becoming a professional wrestler has. It changes the landscape a little bit. 
That's all I'm saying. I'm sorry. She steals. When she's on, she's on, and she's had just got here. So I just, it's like she, I, whatever. I'm not putting Charlotte below her. That would be crazy. But I'm happy to put Charlotte at 90, and I'm happy to put Ra, Ra, I'm happy to lower Rousey wherever you want her, Arlen. Because I, I, I think right now it's too, it's, it's too early to tell. I think that I feel a little bit strange having Ronda... As much as I back her up being kind of wherever, yeah. to put her above Becky also seems a little yeah. fishy. She got to go at 75. I, I would put her no, just put tire, the same, tire with Becky. Yeah. yeah, Ronda and Becky are at the same level. 82, 83. Obviously, AJ's not a 90, and let's move on. <laughs> All right, fine. So we got this cash in. Should I play it again? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, the, the gist of it was, uh, I think it was like, uh, do, you like, do you like the brand split? How do you think it benefits or hurts either one? Also, uh how is the podcast going to deal with the shift to Fox? Uh, I think with a plum, by the way. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that was basically it. All right, so talking about the brand split, I think we should go to Arlen first on this. Right. As a businessman, uh, what do you think about the brand split and, and, and how should it be handled? My one question for you is, do you think contractually there is something that like WB, now we have two networks, right? So so one is on USA, one's NBC, one is Fox, two competing big, big, big networks with a lot of power that spent a lot of money. Do you think that in the deal it says like, yo, WB can use the talent however they want? Or can Fox be like, yo, I, I want Cena. Why is he on Raw? No, I think you have to think about it like a television show. When you do a television show, you do it for ratings. The creative team has full control of the cast of that television show. I think absolutely no way NBC or Fox has any hand um, in what talent is cast on that show. Right. I do think that they probably have some contractual obligations around performance of the of the show, about the amount of people that watch, about ratings, things right. like that. And I think if it drops below, they'll have problems. So maybe they would move talent between the shows. But I think absolutely not does the network... Um, um, have like contractual obligation. The network probably has a right to give notes and do different things, but not necessarily specify that this person must be on this show. What flavor, what flavor is that? Apricot. Um, to go back to the original question, I hate the brand split for multiple reasons. Number one, I think the conceit of it is truly stupid and insults my intelligence, which is that <laughs> they, these two shows are somehow competing and that it matters and that Stephanie and Shane are in some competitive thing. <laughs> It makes absolutely no sense to me. Right. Um, I also have a. I find it really annoying to follow who's on what show and to have to remember that and feel like it cares, or like I should care. I I also absolutely hate when they're supposed to represent the brand, and because I, I hate the way the wrestlers look, especially like wasn't Becky's moment. She was wearing the. Yeah. Like a hate blue it. SmackDown shirt. Hate it. Yeah. Um, so for a million reasons, I think it's totally useless, and I get why they do it or why they want to do it. Um, but I think the outcome is never there, and it doesn't really work logically. You have asked me before, Dan. Is there any way that they could actually create real competition? And I think the answer is you can't create it. There are ways that, it, like, I think New Japan is in some ways competing or pushing them in different directions, and they are reacting to that. And I think then it actually works. I do not think you can fabricate competition from within in a really compelling way unless... You really have to change the construct and make it stake. So, like, at Amazon, for example, they pit their divisions against each other, and the performance of the divisions matters, and th so th thus those teams compete. I don't think there's anything that happens to Shane or Stephanie if one gets better ratings or the other of real note. 
I think if there were actual stakes, it could potentially matter. But so to recap, I think the, the conceit of it is phony. I don't think it's executed in a way that's super compelling. And then I think it creates overhead in terms of the storytelling that I have to remember who's where and why that matters. So I don't think it works and I really, really don't enjoy it. And to put a final, to put a button on this, I think the comedians of wrestling will handle this transition to Fox incredibly well if Dan's song about SmackDown is any indication of what's to come. There you go. What is that? SmackDown coming back to Friday. SmackDown, SmackDown, it's on Friday. What do you do? On Fox, Fox, Fox. SmackDown, SmackDown, SmackDown on Fox. Fox, 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 SmackDown, Fox, SmackDown, Uh, all right, everybody. It's my number one single. Arlen just left the room. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to. He was too moved. He was um, too moved. I think the I, the reason I like the brand split is like a, it's like a, like a behind the scenes thing. I think it's good that it at least gives some of these guys a, a fucking suggestion of a of a fucking break, you know? Because like if they're on both shows, it's just so much work and like wearing these guys down. Apricot's pretty good. Wearing these guys down unnecessarily. Like they're already just like grinding themselves into a fucking into a dust pile. So to give them at least like a day where they don't have to do this, I'm okay with. Yeah, I, I don't care about that, but personally because that's too uh well that's why it's my opinion and Apricot. Apricot? Apricot. I say apricot. I say apricot. Do you say pecan or pecan? Pecan. I say pecan. pecan. But my wife says pecan, so I start, like, not wanting to speak different than her, so I say, you know what I mean? You don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, I don't want to. Happy wife, happy life. I don't want to hate her anymore than she already does hate me. Have her hate me. Anyway, I don't want to get in trouble. A couple of botchamanias this late in the show. But I will say, when the brand split, one thing I really love about the brand split is I like that there's two champions, which I know is kind of annoying. But with Vince's track record of giving us the Lesnar Reigns match, I'm like, at least one of them is going to be more of the match you want to see. So it's cool. Like, I like the nod to being like, yo, one for you, one for me. And I think that's also cool because sometimes I'm into the the one for me. Sometimes I'm into that, actually. Sometimes I want to see, like, a marquee, like, uh, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt or something. Like, sometimes I want to see. That's not a good example, right? Orton Cena. I wouldn't see that. I don't want to see that, but I, I like I, Cena Lesnar. I would love if that's the main event of thirty five. Love, love it. So um, I like that. So I think that's cool about the brands. But if they can do, uh, in terms of how we're going to handle it, is the podcast. We've talked about this. So I think one thing we have to do, we probably what we would do is put out the episode on Tuesday. Yeah. And talk about the SmackDown from Friday and Monday, and we'd kind of be in, a week behind in quotes. You know what I mean? But I, I have been advocating that this podcast goes to two episodes a week. Right, we already do two episodes you, a week, basically. Yeah, but are you I mean, talking about we put one out on Saturday though? Like maybe, maybe put it on Monday. I morning? don't know, but I think I think there's enough wrestling content each week to do two episodes in front of the the Patreon paywall, and to do the one bonus episode that is evergreen content that ties to you know doesn't tie necessarily to the do events you, of the week. Do you understand that on Wednesdays we're here already eight hours from for eight hours if not more. <laughs> Eight hours on Wednesdays? What are you guys doing? Because we usually yeah. watch a movie we for the thing. We watch a movie, and then we record two apps. I'm what? here for like 10 I'll go back hours. to something I said earlier. It's Most a blast. people work these eight guys, hours a day, five days a week. 
So the fact that you guys are here one day a week I'm for eight hours. No, it doesn't shock me. Oh. I'm not oh, offended oh, by that. I'm just saying there's only respect your listeners. These guys complain. There's only 24 hours in a day. Right. And I mean, if we're here for 18 of them, I'm going to blow my brain. I'll take your foot off the gas on those movie reviews. Like, they're not crucial to the model of the podcast. Well, yeah, we'll figure out that. I don't listen. This isn't good content right now. But I will say is that how we're going to handle it is it is tough because doing an episode, if we I'm down with doing a Raw and SmackDown app, but also they come out so close together. Friday and Monday is almost the same day. You know, when it comes, because right. Saturday and Sunday are the weekend. So it ends up being a weird thing. But I guess we'll have to figure it out. My guess would be we do Tuesday. And we're also not a recap show. So it's not, yeah. not even really necessary. It's true. Right. We're not we're not fully recap show. If you like, yeah. So I don't think it really matters as much. Uh, yeah. But SmackDown on Friday is hopeful. I don't know. What's up with Friday? Like, who's watching TV on Friday? I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. But uh, anyway. I got to say, I'll probably watch. I won't. I don't know that I'll watch SmackDown live on a Friday night. All right, let's get. They gotta get rid of the live moniker. They just start calling SmackDown again. You enough guys already. have shit going on on Friday nights. I do. I don't. Can I, oh, then do I have permission to go to a cash in? We going to rock shows and stuff. Uh, yeah, either that or or like I you know go on a date with my girlfriend or something like that. It's no, I don't usually... have that problem. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> Keep going. No yeah, plan. cash in time. <laughs> All right. Tulo, aka Terrible Tulo, aka Mr. Carmella, aka <laughs> Mr. Carmella. Mr. Fake Seth Rollins himself, aka the King of the Cash Ins, one of the original OGs of the Cal Universe, always here every week, giving you all my ha 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 takes. It's your boy, Tiptoe Tulo. What is up? Dan, what is up, Newman? What is up, Anosh? Whoever else is in the studio for this amazing celebration of the Comedians of Wrestling podcast. Mad props to you guys for getting to this moment. I'm so proud of you, man. As much shit as we've been through with me getting banned and all the other nonsense, man, it just feels so good to be here today. Thank you for creating this amazing community. I got fucking so many new friends, so much new merch. That's true. Going to... ROH this weekend with uh, some of the some of the Cal University Cal University guys. Positive man. energy radiating off cool, this guy. Dude, and sure. I, I, honestly, deep down from the bottom of my heart, I truly love you guys and thank you every Very week for making us cat. fucking laugh. Very enlightened awesome. cat. With that being said, it wouldn't be a cash in without Tulo cashing in. So here you go, baby. Overrated wrestler. Now make sure you're sitting down for this one. All right, don't get don't get your panties up in a little ball here, okay? Make sure you're feeling all right here. Sit down. All right, you ready? How do you know I'm wearing Omega panties? Is overrated. Whoa. And I'm not saying his whole entire career. And I'm not saying that he's not good. What I'm saying is Dan's right now, crazy. this version of Kenny Omega does not do anything for me. And we talked about this on the Facebook page. Dan was like, you're crazy, but you have to understand. Recently, I watched a YouTube video about the Bullet Club portrayals, and I see this Kenny Omega cleaner. He's got the gray hair. He's got the shades. He's got the toothpick. He's fucking everybody up. He's causing mass destruction to anything that gets in his way. He's taking over the Bullet Club. AJ Styles is fucking out of there. Man, 
where did this version of Kenny Omega go? This new Golden Lovers. Yeah, I that dog under uh, control. Yeah. <laughs> nice boy, Stanky Kenny Omega, who still fucking works his ass off in the ring. Just doesn't do it for me, man. And you know what? I get it. I understand. I'm not knocking his abilities. The guy is, will always put on five-star matches. But, yo, right now, he's not in my top ten wrestlers in the business. And until he's going back, like my boy Jack Mills always says, when he's chasing the title, when he's healing off, that is the version of Kenny Omega that is the best. I get it. I'm crazy. I understand. Dog is out of control. I can name 10 wrestlers before him that I'd rather watch than sit down in a 60-minute Okada freaking uh, Omega match again and just watch him drop 17 V-triggers, 17 fucking uh, one-wing angels, and 8,000 kickouts. Listen, man, I get it. I understand he's great, but yeah, that's it. Uh, yo, fucking love you guys. I hope you didn't cut me off already. And if you <laughs> did, well, hurry up. Cheers up. Bye. Yo, by the way, uh, 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 cheers up. Cheers up. Uh, cheers thanks up. for cashing in. We've been through those rocky times, the times we were banned, and then you got it together. It's fantastic. Uh, I think no one's ever kicked out of a uh, one-winged angel, right? Right. Isn't that the thing? If you get it, then you, you – I don't think – I think that's the whole thing. It's like it's over. Uh, and I don't think he gives a lot of them. All right, anyway, but I'm not exactly sure if that's been broken since. But um, can you? All right, this is a hot take. This is a spicy hot take. Uh, and get the dog under control, bro. I yeah, mean, that golden retriever you call a woman. Yeah, I mean, I get some of our, our other listeners live on houseboats. So, <laughs> you know, they can't really control Who lives it. On a houseboat? But you can, it just sounds like they live on uh, houseboats. Uh, uh, but uh, you, you could put the dog in the other room. Anyway, uh, Tulo, uh, thanks for cashing in. Kenny Omega, first off, you were like, yo, I know this sounds crazy. Nothing you said was crazy. As a matter of fact, you didn't say overrated. And in terms of the conversation we're having here, what you're saying is you don't like what he's doing right now. Right. But I don't think that means like I don't. I wouldn't. It sounds like you love the reason that everyone rates him so high. You know what I mean? So you're just not digging the change of the world, Kenny Omega, right now, right? And the Golden Lovers angle. So you might think like, oh, you want him as a heel. So you're not digging his face run. But it doesn't sound like you're saying he's. It didn't sound like he was saying he's overrated. Like what? Tulo leaned away from because he got so much hate on the Facebook page. Comedians of wrestling Facebook page. We talk about wrestling at four in the morning. Under his eye, bless me the fruit. fruit. But uh, is that uh, is that he leaned away from him saying, "Yo, Kenny Omega doesn't do it for me at all." Right. <laughs> is what he was said. So I, I don't know. Anyway, that's what I thought he said. So let's talk about Kenny Omega, guys. Uh, there's two two part question to Kenny Omega, and I'll throw it around the room. One is, do you think he's overrated? And can he even crack uh, high 80s with not even touching WWE? Uh, no, I don't think he's overrated. Uh, and yes, I think he, personally, I think he could be higher than an 85. I, <clears throat> I have a little bit of an issue here. Yeah. Uh, and it's, 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 it's slightly related to your point about him not being in WWE, but it's not the cause of it. Um, <clears throat> I think it's really hard to properly rate someone like Omega, who we see so infrequently. Like, we just had a really good debate about AJ Styles. We right. see him all the time. 
So you both have a lot of, inf- you know, we all have a lot of information. You thought that was good? No, no. That was on. one of the worst conversations I ever had in my life. We, we all have a lot of information about AJ, but I also think it works against him that we see him so frequently. Right. Like part, Brock is an attraction because they make him an attraction. Right. If you only saw AJ's mania matches or whomever, name whoever, like you only see Kenny Omega a couple times a year and they're like pretty spectacular moments. Right. I think it, it would be a lot harder He's for him all the juice every to be time. this rated or to be rated this highly if you saw him every week, night in and night out. Like it's just hard for people to be awesome with that degree of frequency. Right. But like, and Kenny gets the benefit of just seeing him in these big moments. But we don't know that if we did see him as much as we see AJ, that we wouldn't like what that resulted in. No, it was look, there's a counter argument to my point, which is like, oh, m- more TV time, more time in your eyeballs gives you more time to rate them. But I'm saying I think generally my point would be, I think actually more time hurts when it comes to wrestling. Like, it is hard to be interesting consistently every week, week in and week out. I think it's a lot easier if you see him do one awesome angle at Wrestle Kingdom or one, you know, you see him two or three times a year. He's amazing. Oh, my God. This guy's incredible. All right. Here, here's the deal. Chef, do you want to go on Kenny Omega or should I go? Uh, you can go ahead. All right. Here's the deal with Kenny Omega. I, 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 I got him in an 85, by the way, which, and I'm not willing to move him up. Not willing. No. Okay. Well, then we're, uh, we're going to have words. Um, uh, I say that right now. I'm not willing to move him up. Part of that is my stubbornness of like, yo, I hope this guy doesn't think he need, can't, he shouldn't come over to WWE. Because this guy's career needs to end in the ring, in WWE, you know? Uh, and he needs to come soon or he's going to flare on himself. He's going to Dusty Rhodes himself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he needs to come to WWE yesterday. Yeah. All right, he's sure. already done six sure. stars matches. He's done it. He's done everything you could do in New Japan. And here's my proof that this is, he could done everything he's done. Is that look how shitty those entrances are? Uh, when he comes out in the garbage costume with a paper mache gun that looks like shit, and then you hear the story on go on listen to him on Chris Jericho's podcast talk about how New Japan didn't. Do, they didn't listen to him on the entrance. They, they forgot to do something. They cut the budget, whatever the story was. Uh, there's a communication barrier, and his entrance at Wrestle Kingdom is shit, right? You know, uh, he's supposed to have a whole Sphinx change the world thing, and they're not even, like, this is their biggest guy, and they're not willing to, like, work, like, make his angle work. They can't find the money to get him a better-looking outfit and gun and all that stuff. It's ridiculous. If he came to WWE, look at the difference in production value. So, uh, not to mention, he has that vignette from Wrestle Kingdom, shit, I don't know, 12? I don't remember. Where he comes out, and he does that whole Terminator thing. Mm-hmm. It's not that good. Like, uh, I, I, the match is awesome. He comes out in a cheap-looking mask. If he had WWE production, they would be like, look, idea's really cool. Let's make it look right. Let's make this work. Instead, it's kind of just like a, a, a like a, um, it's, um, it's cool because it's like indie knockoff kind of a thing. It's like Rogue. Uh, it, it has like an underground uh, 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 renegade uh, uh, thing to a rebel kind of a thing. But now he's past all that. Like he's a big, big, big time. So it's time for him to push past it. Plus, Bullet Club is over. <laughs> like it's pretty much, not, oh, they're over and over, both overs. It's pretty much done. It, creatively, it's time to go to WB. So to me, it's like, yo, he has the, he, 
Every even people who are hardcore indie marks right now are saying, "Yo, what is he gonna do? A bunch of V triggers?" Everyone's like, "Oh, all he does is V trigger. All he does is V trigger." It's because he's done pushing it in the ring. He's shown us all. He wears all the crowns of wrestling. He's one of the best in ring talents of all time. I'd say he is the best in terms of making it look legitimate and like like my my disbelief is suspended the most like watching him fight which well, is we'll super get, important we'll get to that point. Yeah. but i'm saying is that him how many omega matches to the have next you place seen? he needs to do what aj did how many omega matches there, have you start seen? winning royal rumbles yeah start running his mouth start talking about how wwe sucks in the wwe ring without that he can't go past 87 how many okay. matches have you seen of his uh 15 20 and you don't think that a lot that, less than most other guys. And you yeah. don't think that's like a huge advantage for him in this it conversation. Is, he does and have, mostly they're big show matches that you've seen. Yes. And 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 here's the other thing. Uh Shebs, I know you'll agree with me here. Is watching an hour and a half match a chore? Yes. <laughs> yes. It like is. when I'm like, I'm gonna put on a match that is just work rate, that I'm not vested in the in the feud at all. You know what I mean? And uh, and then I'm gonna turn that on like the closest New Japan got to me being like, I'm being like, yo, was the Jericho angle. And it had a little bit of that Jericho WB flair. He was cutting right. promos and, and making it work. He he needs to get there. And then every time he cuts a promo, it's in the ring. Me like, we got the best fans. <laughs> He's doing like Jeff Hardy promos <laughs> after these matches. Be like, All right, have a good night. <laughs> hey, I want the show. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? That's one of my beefs with... Uh, in the vesicles of my mitochondria and the subdermal contusions of the... Have a great night. Have <laughs> <laughs> a show. But, uh, no, but, uh, right? So that's my thing with Kenny Omega. Is like, uh, Jeff Hardy on this list? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we just talked. We talked about him. You weren't here early on. But, yeah. So what I'm saying is that uh, uh, Kenny Omega is amazing. He's arguably the best wrestler in the world right now. But he's hitting a ceiling, and the ball is it. It's in his court. Now he is the heavyweight IWGP champion. Uh, but look, I'm a big wrestling mark. I'm pretty. Pretty hardcore fan, and and I'm a New Japan subscriber, and I, I I I'm still not like tuning in to watch his title run. Really, you know, I can't be all my fault. Well, you can't. The thing about New Japan is you can't tune in to watch well, the website's garbage. Well, you can't yeah. tune in to watch someone's title run. That's not how that product works. It's not like you're watching Raw every week for New Japan. It is just a collection of these big shows. It's like their big monthly. Pay per view, mm -hmm. that's what you get. You get a bunch right. of shoot promos, but there's no flagship raw that people are watching. That's not what this is about. Um, Anosha, I just want to tell you that uh, Kenny Omega is the first heavyweight IWGP champion from Canada. Got it. So that's important oh, I did know for that, you. Actually. Nice. I did know so that. look, oh, it, and one other thing, last, my last point about Kenny, and then I have nothing else, and you could fully go. Kenny Omega, one of the best things about Kenny Omega is he has such an eye for wrestling fashion. Yes. And it's one of my, uh, he is one of the best of all time. Yes. And the way that's he, such a funny way to say it. He has an eye for wrestling he really fashion. Does. He really does. And, and I, I think is, it might have yeah. something to do with his sexuality. Like, like, I don't think that matters. No. Straight guys can have an eye for wrestling fashion. Yeah, sar now, sar sartorial prowess knows no. Not, uh, not the uh, pants, really. He He's never worn a bad <laughs> wrestling outfit. He's, he, he, his hair always looks awesome. Awesome. He's always he, he looks fucking great, and you know he doesn't get the budget of WWE. He doesn't have the costuming people over there. They fuck up a lot of stuff, and he'll come out in pants with like one feather hanging off it. The color schemes are fucking amazing. Impeccable it's taste. It looks yeah. awesome. Anyway, his, cool. his gear actually has a lot of nods to Joshi, uh, like female wrestling in Japan, like the, the the feather and all that is like stuff that the women do. Right. 
Uh, I've seen that because Oscar kind of does some of that stuff yeah. too. All right, Sheb, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say, well, what was I saying? That it's 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 tough to discredit him because you you can't follow his title run, and you're saying, oh, well, you've only seen 15 matches. Right. When we're talking about, <clears throat> you don't Bret think that's a little advantage? Hey, Arlen, how many Bret Hart matches have you seen? I, I certainly more than 15. I certainly ha you haven't. <laughs> I don't think you have. I mean, I used to watch as a kid. I don't think you've seen more than 20 Bret Hart matches. I just don't. This, I just want everyone out there to understand, this is how Shebs makes an argument. He <laughs> he asks you a question, you give him an answer, he says, no, you're absolutely wrong, and <laughs> continues to make his point. How many Kurt Angle matches have you seen? Certainly not enough. Tell me how many Bret Hart matches have you seen? Take the music off. All right. Hang on. I, I want to further, but it's <laughs> not just, music. it's not just how many matches have you seen. It's how many matches does he have? Like it really helps him to only wrestle like that style where it's only like a big show every so often. Yeah. Is hugely advantageous to making something impactful and making something feel important. Sure, but you can say the same about the NXT guys. They get to push. hundred percent. They have hard. a huge advantage. They get to push super hard. No, they tore now. I'm just saying. Look. It's, you could discredit him a little bit, but you can't say what he's doing d doesn't matter because it's once a month. I didn't say it doesn't matter. I said he has an advantage in this power ranking okay. thing because you only see him at big moments, and he doesn't have to make moments all the time. How when you many, see someone cut a promo every Monday, and you're like, oh, the promo's weak because it's hard for them to cut an awesome promo every Monday. Watching that two out of three falls match was a chore for me. It was an amazing match. It was incredible. But I didn't even like sitting through it. I had to, I had to do it like homework, right? <laughs> but, yeah, but, Kenny Omega matches are homework. But, I disagree. But I like they them. feel like... No, they're great homework. It's like, this is important. I need to see this for my wrestling and knowledge. And I after. Like, and I, this is your argument for why this no, guy's awesome. My matches is, feel like homework. No, my argument right. is, how many six-star matches does a guy... These are all the, some of the best matches that ever took place in the squared circle, period. They're happening in a promotion that most people don't give a fuck about, but we know his name. We're talking about him right now. So you can't just say, hey, well, he doesn't have to do you know, what Yokozuna did and hit Raw every week. Right. It doesn't matter. Yokozuna cannot put on a six-star match. Yeah, I, I just... Psycho Sid cannot put on a six-star match. Me and Arlen are not saying the same thing. I'm not, I'm not saying you are. I'm just, yeah. I'm just talking about Kenny Omega the way I want to talk about him, which is aggressively, and like I know everything in the world. He's doing great. Thank you very much. I'm just saying... So you just want to talk about him the way you talk about everything. That's what I said. <laughs> this is... You had me on this podcast for a reason. I bring the thunder. Uh, Kenny Omega. Sierra Hotel. Echo Bravo. India. Romeo. Kenny Omega. I wish there was an A in his last name for asshole. This is changing the world. He cuts these promos about changing the world. He has, because this year, I know for a fact, I've had the conversation with Dan. I've had it with other wrestling fans. When we said, who's the best wrestler in the world right now? We said Kenny Omega. It's Kenny, yeah. We're saying Kenny Omega. To say that the best wrestler in the world, or AJ, but yeah, no, but that, but we've have you not agreed and said, hey, Kenny's the best this year? Yes. Okay, so I'm just saying to say the cap on that is 85 is a little strange to me, right? But I guess here I come back to the same thing. If AJ yeah, had to wrestle once a month, you don't think that would be a huge edge for him to have hey, an opportunity? Argument. The argument you said originally, you you originally said that it, it's easier to have a conversation about him because he wrestles because AJ wrestles every week. There's, I agree with that, but to say that he has an added advantage because he wrestles us, I, I think less because he's way less accessible to us. Here's the deal, because this Which is what, helps. This is what you said before. It's like forbidden fruit. AJ 
did exactly what Kenny is doing right now, right? AJ Styles, head of Bullet Club, heavyweight champion, he did it, right? And you said, not 20 minutes ago on this podcast, tell me what the best AJ Styles matches are. What did he do? What are the moments? You can't fucking name them. But when we talk about Kenny Omega, we could say, oh, when he won the championship at whatever the fuck, Osaka Drill Stadium, Every right? Kind of you can talk about Wrestle Kingdom, you know, whatever it was, 12, was 13, 12, also, 12, 12, 12. I'm on a text chat with a bunch of wrestling uh, uh, marks, and today I got sent a match, being like, yo, check out this Kenny match. So your argument is Kenny has moments. I didn't say he doesn't have moments. Okay, what I'm just saying, he won at Dominion, that's huge. He had the Jericho feud, that's huge. Yeah, he's had moments. I didn't dispute he had I'm moments. I'm just saying, you're knock against AJ Styles, and again, because you also didn't yeah, want- They're you two did, different people. You, My knock against look, AJ- But there's a pattern. You didn't want AJ in the fucking 90s? And we all did. You don't want Kenny in the conversation, but we all do. So you're discrediting a, a thing. You might yeah, be look, a little the pattern off base is, here. I think you're an idiot, and I always do. The pattern is, you are out of touch. You are the one who's off base here. One of these things is not. You're like out of the touch. Other. You're out of touch. One of these things is not like the other, and you're wrong here. You're out of touch. Who's out of touch? Kenny Omega we deserves tons of time. Can, we take, a quick, <laughs> can <laughs> we take a quick out of touch break? Who's out of touch? Is it me or Sheps? I, I don't. Even Who know. did you play the drop for? I, Oh, just because you guys said out of touch. Okay, well, good. When talking about AJ, when talking about Kenny, who's more out of touch, me or Arlen? Arlen. Okay. So, that's <laughs> then that sound drop was for you. Off because I respect New I think Sheds <laughs> is more in line here. If I had to choose, who do I agree with hey, more? Hey, guess what? That's the fucking anthem. That's the national anthem. I, I mean, I just I just think that, like, yeah, if we're going to put AJ at 90, which I think he should be because he's the best, in, the best wrestler, wrestler in WWE, then the person who I think is the best in the world right now should definitely be higher than 85. Okay, well, I'm this. not saying he's got to be 100, but 87, 87. Right. To say he can't be more than 85, I think that's, uh, that's, that's I mean, not, certainly not fair. More, certainly more than fucking Randy Orton. Yo, I, I mean, so come on. You're saying that you could put, you're comfortable putting oh, Kenny over uh, Andre the Giant? Tough. That's impossible. Oh, I yeah. love you can't it. put him higher than Andre. I mean, no, don't, I, no don't forget. Don't forget no that earlier. I, think, I said that I think that Andre should be in the top four. He so did, I think yeah. he's too low. So that's on not this a knock list. on Newman right there. And I think Skyler also said Andre the Giant could be a top. Four. Was it your Skyler who said Andre's the t in the top five? I said I, I might. He's I said I agree with this top. top. I said I agree okay. with Stone Cold, The Rock, Flair, and Hogan, but I might switch Flair out for Andre. Maybe. Right. But uh, so, so yeah, I think so he's would you too put low. Kenny Omega above Brock? No, I mean some uh, many people would. I would <laughs> oh, are I they would, in this room? I would not. Okay, good. But I'm not asking. Would you to put do him that. above Dusty Rhodes? I would not. So he could be 86. Would you put him above <laughs> Kurt Angle? I don't care about that. You could if you want. You don't even like Kurt Angle. So. I know. I'm, I'm going to make. I'm going to come back to my original point that Kurt Angle's Wait, too high so, on this uh, list. So, Shibs, what's your? What is your point? Where would you want to put Kenny? I took Umbridge. Right where you're saying is. that he can't be above 85. I'm saying he can. So he, could, he could be, but what do you think he should be? I will. Here's what you don't know about me. Uh, I will fight <laughs> tooth and nail to the fucking death to get that to 80. <laughs> to get that to 86. Oh, just to prove you wrong on 85 being the ceiling. Six oh. hours deep, baby. I, hang on. I will not rest until Kenny Omega is an 80. 5.1. He is an 86. Put it on the Let board. Let me ask you a question, Dan. Yeah. Shebs just said, here's what you don't know about me. Yeah. I think that's actually the only thing about him. And I certainly know, <laughs> know what? that he... 
that he will argue anything, yeah. regardless of its validity, solely for the sake of attempting to win that argument, <laughs> for no reason and no gain yeah, at all. Here's the what, 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 point do you, what, what do you want Kenny to be? The unfortunate, unfortunate he truth. He, he just wants to keep talking 86, to the microphone. I wanted him at 86. The unfortunate truth is that, yes, the thing about me is that I will argue whatever. The other point is I will argue successfully. I will turn the room, I will prove the point, and he will You'll be You'll make on. it so uncomfortable that okay. we just agree to shut you the fuck up. But Dan, anyway, you were you. Say, Why do you not, invite this I'm guy? Not 20 I'm minutes ago. Not 20 minutes ago. 20 minutes ago. You put him at an 87. You just did it at, uh, you did it at uh, yeah. You said you put him at an 87. Yeah, I, I was willing to go up. I, I, uh, well, look, I'm willing to go up. I'm staying with Kenny, okay? Yeah. I'm saying, yes, best wrestler in the world right now. Yes. Matches are awesome. Yes. We're not... I'm more of a mic guy. Sure. I'm more of a storyline guy. Okay. I'm more of a. I like the high production value. I'm a theater guy. I think he's got it. It's a. He's got to come to WWE so I can see it. Let me see it, and I believe when he gets there. I said it. If he gets to WWE, he could be the be one of the best of all time. If within six months. With, yes, because he's got it, and that's where we argue. And we're talking about the greatest. But if he stays in New Japan and right. he rides out just doing six star matches, it's a recipe for failure. What? He's gonna get older. What is the value? of being the greatest indie New Japan wrestler of all time. What is the ceiling that we will put on that? 85. Because I think it's at least an 86. <laughs> 85. Not 20 minutes ago. You said you put him at <laughs> 87. You're doing flare kicks. I know, it's incredible. Newman. $13,000. Newman, I took some allergy pills earlier. You may or may not be a cat. I don't know. I am not <laughs> sneezing right now. So I, I'm willing to drop this. Give me the you phone. were saying he is above an 85. Yes. So you're saying he's above an 85. Dan, you're saying he's an 87. I'm saying put him in the 86. And Arlen, you're saying I'm arguing just to argue, not because I'm you right. you want an 86 Kenny I'd Omega? I'd like an 86 Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give him an 86. Let's do what's right. It's, I'm not arguing to argue. I'm arguing because I'm right. But yo, so Arlen, what is your point about Kenny Omega specifically? Is that you think that he's overrated? No, I, I, listen, when I started, uh, I was not making a point about Kenny Omega. <laughs> this, is God, this is Hang all on. gone off the rails. No, no, he's I'm, the one who wants to argue. Hang on, I'm, I'm not opinion. arguing. He I'm wants not, to discredit my does opinion. It like I'm the one that wants to argue this guy shouting in my friggin' ear. Uh, he's, the he's point that I was making is that when you're not in the WWE and you wrestle more infrequently and you only see them on big shows, there is an advantage for that talent to make to, for them to feel important. That's all I'm saying. I think Kenny Omega in this conversation has a little bit of an advantage because you only see him on big shows doing big things. But he only does big shows. I know. And you also see the disadvantage of being only wrestling in Japan right. and not being on WWE TV. And we're still talking about him. And right, which is, this is the entire crux of the conversation. Like, you're struggling with the fact that he's not in WWE. The whole point is, he's not been in the biggest league in the world. Like, if you're the best basketball player that's not in the NBA, I'm sorry, you're, there's an asterisk. Right, you're the best I'm basketball saying, player not in the NBA. I'm saying, I, I, I think there's some, uh, this gets to indie wrestling in general, but there's got to be some, like, all right, so at All In, he wrestled uh, Pentagon, right? Uh, 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 you're, you're, there's no feud building up to it at all. Right. They wrestle. You're missing a dimension. On. There's like something. You're missing a whole reason that wrestling is cool. Sure. Didn't it end so up being Jericho? Yes, of Which course. Which is very cool. That's that is Jericho's higher rated. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He deserves to be, and he deserves to be. A lot of these NJPW matches. What I'm saying is that, so if you stay in that zone the whole time, non, no stakes ex exhibition matches, right. and also, okay, he's wrestling for the championship, right. but what, okay, but he's already wrestled Okada, so who, who is, who could face him that people will get excited about? Is there any feud in the pipeline? The whole scene has been completely gutted. Jericho, he wrestled Cody, Cody already. He I'm, just, I'm just, I'm not he saying did what, that already. I'm not saying what's down the future for him. I'm saying, 
to say what he's done has had no context and no storyline is wrong. It's wrong. He's had context. He's had storylines. The Golden Lovers golden is golden the lovers. fruition of a ten-year fucking thing. And it's and it's and did we not have this conversation probably on this podcast that it was groundbreaking that it was yeah. ahead of its time yes. that the WWE is catching up to Kenny Omega that they are not even as good as what he's doing right now and we're gonna be trying to fucking parrot that in five years from now. And yeah, but the fact of the matter is this: if he doesn't bring it to WWE, it's not he's not. Yeah, can we agree that I'm that's the main for. problem for Kenny Omega? Like all the I'm reason why this for. conversation's so hot is because it's hard to be the best that's not in the most important thing. I'm not asking to put him in the 90s, baby. I'm just saying he's higher than Get 85. It, I guess what disappoints me is that I think he's kind of like happy being 86. That's Hey, that's not what this conversation is about. No. This is where does he rank in the greatest wrestlers of all time. And I'm yeah. saying it's at least an 86. I'll go to 86 on Kenny Omega. All right, 86 is good with me. So who's out of touch on this you guys, issue? You guys are sure Kurt Angle's better than Kenny Omega? No, I don't think so. But this, this, no, I think Kurt Angle is way too high in this. We could bring him down above him. We so could bring him down. I know. I'm saying you think Kurt Orton. Angle is better than Kenny Omega. Orton's too high. Should be an 80. Guys, or, just to back up, Orton is too high. We can bring Orton down. Yeah. We can bring Angle down. But are we bringing Kenny Omega up? To I'd an rather 86? not. 86. I would like to keep him at 86. And is Arlen out of touch about the Kenny Omega question? Yes. Yes. Dan. I'm sorry, but it's true. Daniel, what? is Arlen out of touch on the Kenny Omega issue? We'll have to go to the soundboard to see. Oh, it's it's out. You're out of time okay. on this. I mean, yeah, I think I, I don't even know what I don't. I, mean, I don't know what either of your points are. Really, <laughs> to be honest, oh, we're delirious. We're delirious. We <laughs> were six hours and we ate each other. I mean, what, this is what's gonna happen. I don't know what. I truly don't know. Like, can you, you play cash in? Can you cool us Wait, off on the cash I'm pretty sure you're cool with the 86. Yeah, I'm rating. totally fine with so it. I, I just hate Chev. So <laughs> so, so I'm fine with. Let's be clear. I'm fine with Kenny Omega. I hate Chebs. So right. who's the one who wants to argue for no reason? <laughs> Me or you? Well, yeah, that's Arlen's the king of. There you go. Uh, and yet he. He says that I'm the one who's doing this. You know how there's like chain wrestling? Sheb's chain argues. <laughs> where like now he's arguing about yeah, like anything. who wants to argue more. <laughs> Listen, guys. Catch us, catch, catch. You hear the rest of this conversation on the Patreon 9 to 5 episode. Can you, uh, can you, can you cool us off with a, we need a cash in. Um, all right, we need a cash in we to need cash in to cool You want a Paul LaCroix? You want yeah. a coconut? We need a cool down match. Let's all have what a coconut. Flavors? Everyone's got to have a coconut. Everyone's got to have a coconut. No one wants to drink them. Let's all have them. I, I gotta tell you, I feel zero percent tired. You want to pass them around? Do not give me a coconut. I need a Sasha Bailey cooldown match. We're all, it's a communal coconut. Yeah, you don't have to finish. You just, you just have to suffer through one set. It's room Yo, temperature. Actually, the coconut one when you spike it is not bad, right? Oh, we yeah. never did Lacroix La cocktails. Well, we I had the alcohol. It's both. All right, let's all let's booze up on the coconut. Let's get some Lacroix cocktails. Let's cool down with a nice drink. Okay. Rum. Rum coconut, nice combo. Oh man, guys, thanks for supporting this. Rum chata. All right, we gotta go. Spice rum. Oh, let's get some spice rum. There you go. What else is in there? Do we we pour it in the can? What do we do with this? Do we have cups? Yeah, take a few sips. Oh. What is this? What is are we grapefruit liqueur for the pomplemousse? Ooh. I've never nice. even heard of so that. So this is an That's official LaCroix cocktail break we're taking right now? Yes. Wait, can we can, wait. Natural agave? Wait. 
you didn't play a very important song. Maybe this is a good moment for that. <laughs> yeah, actually, guys, we're gonna. Uh, uh, yeah, let's take. All right, this, we, is, this is very it important. Hot, I got hot. It got heated. Thanks, Marlon, for reminding me. It got heated in here. Cool so us I, off. I think we can cool it down, everybody. Cool it down, everybody. Maybe. Wait, no, let's we, crack can we, the, uh, can let's we turn crack the lights the down a little bit. Maybe dim the lights a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah here we go. Okay, dim the lights oh, a little nice. bit. Yes. Okay, absolutely cool. Uh, on three. All right. Wait, is this uh, for uh, me or you want me to? Don't crack the Lacroix yet. Don't crack. I already cracked it. Sorry. Pretend you didn't, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a fire hazard, but I'm gonna light this candle. Too. Okay, right, yeah, light the candle. Ready? And everybody, let's just everybody. T- wait, take one deep breath, quick. All right, crack your Lacroix right now. I hear voices in my head. They cancel me. They understand. They talk to me. Cocktail break brought to you by the Patreon. Patreon.com slash comedians of wrestling 9 to 5 app.
was one of the worst songs I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I, I loved, loved it. it. I thought it was incredible. I absolutely loved it. So, I, I legitimately, when I first heard it, was like, "This is awesome." I need you to guys get, know that no. is my that, that right there. That is my taste in music. Is the goof. Yeah. You guys know that my taste in music is the goof. But anyway, how's everybody feeling after that? Well, really? I feel I, I acoustic music by a, by by, by singer songwriter stuff like your James Taylors, your Paul Simons. Your Randy Orton's it just hits a hits a strikes a chord with me no pun intended absolutely yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I felt something with those There's lyrics a couple artists I really dig like I, I like a nice Dave Matthews show maybe like a radio had a Randy Orton concert yeah love whatever Orton. I get my hands on I am enraged okay <laughs> well in the break we all poured LaCroix cocktails we're all drinking a spiced rum and coconut seltz pretty good let's uh yeah, let's bad. all cheers up to this one yo cheers wow. up cheers up wait I, let's get I can think, we get a pick of the cheers up I think a lachaim is in order. All right, Olchaim. Well, sure. not everyone's Jewish in this room, okay? <laughs> Only Newman 99% of it. Newman Begrudging. 99%? I'm half, so. Can you get me? I don't know what we're Dan doing Dan doesn't know how to take selfies Whenever at we all. start using the phone for lives it's or incredible. selfies, we're, the, on, we're recording the a podcast. really takes a dip. All right, anyway, let's get back into it. Everybody's spiced up. Uh, with a little spi- <laughs> this, this shot's terrible. No, she take this pic and, <laughs> and not be in it, I guess. So the question um, is, can we hold a conversation while posing for a picture? And the answer is absolutely. Nope. Probably not. All right, guys, sorry. Sorry you're not entertaining hour seven of this podcast. <laughs> if you made it this long, you're in it for the long haul. We apologize for the interruption. I mean, if this were WrestleMania, it would, it would not be over yet. So. Right. We'd be almost halfway done with the, pre, with the pre-show. Yeah. This is the best shot of my life. All right. Let's get back into it. Should we just kick it off with a cash in to get yeah. back Coconut into it? LaCroix sure. is true garbage. It oh, tastes good with the rum, though. It, I think it's nice bad. with the rum, actually. Yeah, well, it's a familiar bad. flavor. You know, yeah, coconut yeah, rum, bad. like Malibu. It tastes like a light Malibu. All right, guys. Here's the cash in. G'day, guys. This is Drew from Australia. Wow. Ah, Drew Boy. Cashing in. Drew Boyd. Um, From down under. I was just looking at all my wrestling DVDs here, and it was got me thinking, what would your dream 205 Live matchup be? Because a lot of mine on the shelf are, would be cruiserweights now. So it just got me thinking, what would your dream match be? Cheers up. Cheers up. Cheers up. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's got to be what? Ricochet and who? Adam Cole. Right? <laughs> I'd say, uh, I mean, he's an Aussie guy, so of course he's bringing up 205 because Buddy Murphy is just killing it right now. Yeah. I would say, but like, right now, my the one that came to my head was Buddy Murphy-Ricochet match. Yeah. But uh, the, 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 the true one is... Uh, is uh, uh, um, Ricochet Osprey. Well, <laughs> like, that, that is the king of 205 but matches. Right? I'll tell you what. Between in the best, if you're going to put the best match of 205 Live possible together, you already get that acrobatic high flying style from Osprey or Ricochet. Right. So, what Buddy Murphy would bring to the match is some power. Is some power. So, you already have a flippy dippy. Why or not Cedric add- Alexander? Sure, I, I'm just saying for me, it's Ricochet, who's the best flippy-dippy, what's him call it, versus Buddy Murphy, who's the biggest pure powerhouse in the 205 division. I have a curveball, and I think you guys might kill me for this, but... Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Um, and it's not a direct answer to the question, because the other opponent is not on 205 Live, but I think Ricochet and Finn would be very interesting, because sure. you, mm-hmm. you made the point about like Ricochet's the best flippy-dippy out there. I think Finn would give it a big match feel, especially mm-hmm. if he just showed up on 205. I personally think that they're underusing main roster talent to elevate I agree. those shows agree and that, that content. Sure. Yeah. I think like if Finn came out as the demon for a match with Ricochet on 205 Live, like who wouldn't watch that show? Right. It would elevate 205. It would elevate Ricochet. Um, of course, Finn I think would it would elevate to... Finn, frankly, because yes, he sure. needs like usefulness. Well, he needs to beat somebody. I, I think, think it would be really fun the, on 205 Live to see Finn and Ricochet 
Finn as the demon with a big show feel. That's my answer. I think if you're going to say dream match, like, yeah, why not throw demon Finn into into a dream match at 205? I, uh, it would be all flippy, but I would like to see um, Ricochet as a theme here. Ricochet and uh, Rey Mysterio. Ray Mysterio cool. is great. And I know you said your favorite match of all time is 97 Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Ray versus Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. which is a great match. And Ray is wearing a fantastic outfit. Yeah, it's like the Phantom, I think. or like. Or, yeah, it yeah. looks like the Phantom. It's yeah. a purple bodysuit, and his Ray Mysterio mask is like onesied with the suit. It's right. all part of the, the outfit. It was, you, you saw that, right? Yes, we watched it. Uh, what do you guys think of this idea? Like, I, to me, Finn is... Um, I think you've you've criticized Finn in terms of his presence on the main roster. Like he's clearly not not working, but right. he's not quite at that level. I feel like th- it's to take people that are not like I could see why you wouldn't take an AJ or whomever and put them off the main roster, but I think to me someone like a Finn or Sammy mm-hmm. or you know various people that I would say quite not have not quite found their potential and involve them in either NXT or other shows on the network that would create an energy around that and and expose us to new talent and new partners and maybe give them room to lower stakes feel things out? I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on that? I would never advocate putting Finn in a major storyline at 205 Live, but I could, if he comes down for one match, like a right. dream match, right. uh, against Ricochet, who is also not in 205 Live, yeah. uh, I think it would be very cool. I think it would be great, but I don't think it would be... So I don't want to see him sort of uh, reduce his progress by jumping into the 205 no roster. Question. But if he popped into something, like, it would just, it'd be really compelling, I think. It would be a reason to watch Finn. Yeah. I also want to shout out Drew Gulak, who is, uh, I think, mm. an underrated performer, mm-hmm. uh, period, and then also in 205 Live. I think so, too. I will say something that I saw that was just sort of on the subject, not on the subject of 205 Live, but on the subject of um, of just a main talent coming somewhere maybe beneath them, or at least in their progress in their career, is I, I me and Terrible Tulo went to ROA, not ROA, Evolve Pro Wrestling, that Velveteen Dream was on. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. like, like this year, he came back. Yeah, like, was that two months ago? Yeah, he, well, maybe, yeah, something like that. But we did Velveteen Dream in like an exhibition against some Evolve guys. I forgot the guy's name, maybe J.D. Drake or some shit. I, I, I don't remember the guy's names. But it was Amazing. J.D. Salinger? Yes, J.D. Salinger. Uh, he, has this, he has this great uh, move called the catcher. <laughs> yeah. Where he, he, I don't know. He it's called the catcher. Yeah. The catcher of the guy? Yeah, the catcher <laughs> of the guy. It's when you try to come across body block, but he turns into a Samoan drop. It's, it's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so seeing a Finn go to 205 Live would be epic. It'd be great. Uh, I'm all for it. All right. Let's um, feel like before we run out of time. Actually, we're talking about Finn, right? What's up, Jabroniax? This is Scottish Dave. First time cashing. The only reason I'm cashing in is because Dan Black asked me to cash in, <laughs> and he's the supreme leader. So I say ask. He told me to cash yes. in. Yes. And I didn't want to say no because I'm not sure how safe my family would be if I denied the supreme leader. Um, Who do you think his so, favorite wrestler is? Uh, this is it. Cash in time. McIntyre. Um, Dan Black Easily the most overrated wrestler of all time. Who? Finn Balor. He's got a part-time gimmick, which is literally just him dressed up in face paint, rolling, crawling, whatever the fuck he does to get to the ring. (laughs) That's just a glorified entrance. That's it. 
Um, I think he's being he's mean on his country. Right? Right? Finn's club. not from Scotland. Where's Finn from? Uh, Ireland. Ireland. It's, it's just so. Oh, those aren't the bad, same. Man. No, um, no it's a club that anyone can join. I don't want to be in a club that anyone can join. I want to be in a club that's just me and a few specific others. This guy very was similar <laughs> to the Queen's Wrestling Facebook group. Even you guys ask people bef- questions before they join the group <laughs> so they can get rid of the ones that are swampy. <laughs> swampy? <laughs> Not Finn Balor. <laughs> Finn Balor welcomes swampy people. Swampy. Finn Balor welcomes anybody in his club. <laughs> there's no application form. There's no driver's license needed. Such a funny there's criticism. There's no utility bill needed. <laughs> Literally just say the words, I am in the Balor club. And that's it. You are in the club. <laughs> It's a Christianity. You're going to get a membership He's making this point 17 times in a row. In that's a good point. Because it's if good. I said to my friends, I'm in the Bala Club, they'd be like, oh, cool. How going. do you get into the Bala Club? You just say the words, I'm in the Bala Club. I accept Jesus right. Christ as my Lord so and Savior. So what do I get when I'm in the Bala Club? You get wants, fuck all. This guy wants Judaism. Absolutely yeah, yeah. fuck all when you're I, in the I want in. No, 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 thank you. We don't want it. This is so pointless. It's funny. It's absolutely pointless. When he's in the ring, he's got one move you can tell is his, and that's the coup de gras. Every other move, somebody else uses. The sling blade, Seth Rollins uses it. Drop kicks, every single wrestler uses it. Kicks, the world uses kicks. Every person in the world uses that move. So, what's redeemable about Finn Balor? He looks good. That's about it. He looks yes. great. He looks great if dude. he looks with everything, Bobby Lashley would be world champion. And trust me, nobody wants that. Yeah, so, yeah. Lashley's not handsome at all. He has a type. That's it. Overrated wrestler, Finn Balor. He Best dress, wrestler he in the world. Great. Elias. Get the Cheers up. Cheers, Cheers up. up. That was a weird curveball at the end with the Elias thing. Uh, I, I wanted to say this. If I had that accent, I would get laid so hard. What? It's a great accent. Because no one could understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, come up. Oh, Stylish Travelist. That was one of my favorite cash. Oh, I think it was yeah, great. Oh, decided to yell over it. No. Well, he was making the That's same a, point repeatedly. No, no. At but some it was point. so funny. What a funny criticism of Ballard It's Club. a great criticism. It's the most cape criticism. That's what I said three times, and then I started talking because he he made the same point it's over and over. Inclusive. Cheers up. Great Cheers up. I yeah. do want to thank you for recognizing your supreme leader. I need to discredit one thing he said, and that is that Finn Balor does moves that anyone else can do. I think you could say that about almost any wrestler, and Finn Balor actually does do a couple moves that are unique to him. The shotgun dropkick yes. into the corner looks particularly right. amazing. Into the coup de gras. Into the, 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 the turnbuckle. Like the shotgun dropkick, the way he yeah. cocks the knees and then fucking unloads them is very unique he's to very Finn Balor. He's very good at the two-foot kick. And yeah. the two-foot kick. And, well, he's a, he's a, he's a put-your-feet-together specialist. Yeah. That's what he does. And the other move, and I know you guys don't like it, is what was formerly known as the Bloody Sunday, now the 1916, which is a very cool... He doesn't really use it that much as a finisher, but he has. It's an old finisher. It's that a great move. Sucks. It, it doesn't it's suck. Like a, what is that move? It's like it's a dragon suplex. It's like a dragon uh, suplex uh, brain buster. Brain buster. It's, oh. it, it looks uh, good. It's pretty... We, we got... All right, let's go back to the summit because the summit's well, anyway, always... How do you guys feel about Finn, though? I'm saying the, the summit's always in play. I got Finn Balor on the list here at an 81. Uh, now, 
He gets a lot of his power from. He's the, I guess he's the leader of Bullet Club. That's one of his stats. He founded it. He yes. founded the Bullet Club. He uh, is uh, the first ever Universal Champion, which seems is in hindsight a huge mistake. At the time, I felt like it was a huge mistake. I was like, if you're launching a new belt, you got to give that to Rollins. Well, I think Finn Balor is a jabroni. I'm not a fan. You've never been a Finn Balor fan. No. I, for me, ne- never was it. I, was, I always said it from the start. We were at NXT. Him and Kevin Owens were wrestling. Yeah. And it was like, yo, I'm just like, I'm just, everyone was going nuts for him. They love the demon. I was like, I know I won't like this guy on the main roster. Like, I knew it. It's tough because great looking guy. He's a great looking guy. And he's, he's, he sounds so fucking cool with that Irish accent. Yeah. And those Irish eyes, they're always smiling. And those Irish abs, they're always a washing on that board. Absolutely. He looks good. As a guy, man. I mean, I look good. He looks good. That's why I like him. Yeah. I, I feel like he could be used to enhance NXT talent on a re, on somewhat of a regular basis. <laughs> Dude, that's Not insane. He was the first ever Universal yeah, Champion. Was a mistake. Down to NXT. No, no. I, what, you, you were using the bathroom when uh, I made a point that's not move him down to NXT. It's just have a little bit more fluidity between the main roster and NXT and 205 Live and some of these other shows, particularly for talents that are not fully clicked on the main roster. I'm not advocating AJ Styles do it. I'm saying for someone like Finn or more mid-tier folks, I think it's interesting. I think it makes it feel exciting and it would have a big moment feel. And I think that it does what I think that WWE in particular kind of never really does, which is giving us what we want but not what we expect. We would never expect that to happen, but I think if it did, it's obviously something where we would be like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, and I think it actually, to to Arlen's point, I think that actually is potentially the best thing they could do with Finn Balor right. is have him dip down to NXT or even 205 Live. I'm not saying just, he no, joins just, NXT. No, just, just for, you know, once a year, let him dip down there and beat the guy. He's not going to drop to some fucking asshole. Right. He'll win, but it'll be like when Cena faced Cesaro on that Raw where you're like, Cena's going to win this match and he won the match, but holy shit, who's this guy, Cesaro? Look at that. Look at these moves. I think he could be used to highlight, to showcase, to raise up the awareness for some great talent. That might be the best use of Finn Balor right now. Do I wish that was true? No. I'm a Finn Balor fan, but it's not easy because he, he really doesn't do much. Uh, I always thought the demon, uh, it's a little off. It's kind of cool, but it's uh, something's wrong with it. I think it's the Rastafarian wig. Yeah. That's got to go. But he's undefeated as the demon. That's pretty fucking cool, right? There's something to that. Yeah. If he comes out in that face paint, you know, this is big. I, who knows what the ceiling on, on that is? Maybe he could beat yeah. Cena. Maybe he could beat Brock in the face paint. We don't know because as far as we know, it is... As powerful as Undertaker's streak at the moment. And, I mean, but to the to the demon point, Aleister Black does a demon that he hasn't done yet in NXT, but he does a similar thing where he paints his face in, like, corpse paint, like, with, like, the... I'd rather see that. The white and, like, the black, like, he looks yeah. like a black metal, like... Darby Allen. You ever see Darby Allen from Evolve Pro? And uh, I Darby so. Allen's like the new face of Evolve after all the, you know, like guys like. Uh, Are you talking about JD Salinger again? <laughs> yeah, JD Salinger. No, but like once, uh, you know, King of the Bros went up, uh, Matt Riddle, and you know, whatever. The new guy is Darby Allen. He's, he's a little too skinny for me, but he does a really cool half corpse face paint thing. I heard he's real cool. He's very cool. Um, yo, but uh, are we keeping Finn at 81? I, I, I think it's hard to drop him lower. See, you can't, for me, the test is also know. like who's around it. You know, who else is an eighty-one? Right. But well, to I got be Roman fair, Reigns at eighty-one. That be, seems wild. Oh yikes! He's got to go no, way he's higher. Gotta go he's got to be up. But to be fair, we he really got, he's got he got looped. He got looped it, up, it, guys. He did. You I don't worry. He's gonna win, and he's gonna he's gonna make that shit. His, he's gonna be its daddy. He's gonna say, "Luke, I am your father," <laughs> and he's gonna right. conquer it. Hang Jesus. on, hang on. Scott Hall's at eighty-one. That's where the big boys play. 
Wait, wait can we? Can you, 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 so here's here's the problem with this when we, is the test to me. You got to look at who's, and I agree entirely. But when we problem when we doing. when we look at the '80s of this list, right? This is not actually sanctioned, discussed stuff because we don't have 20 hours. We totally locked in the '90s. If Let's was, add 10 more hours. No, I'm just I'm just saying for us to lock in the '80s where we all agree we were already talking about dropping down Orton and Angle. Lesnar was a huge debate at '87. I think Dusty Rhodes at '87 is actually perfect, and I think that's a great litmus bar. Like, are are you better than Dusty? Worse than Dusty, um, as far as your greatness overall. So 87 is very important. Um, Andre's currently at 86. I think he can move out. We, uh, the point is, as a group, we have not fully fleshed out the 80s. We spent way too much time on the 90s. We right. Kind of, it's, it, we're so we're I doing each one at a time. So I don't know if Finn's an 81 to Arlen's point because we don't know who's around him. We could just start with what we're looking at and maybe adjust as quick I would like as we to can. Move Finn to a 75. Wow. Uh, can we go 79? So you think I he's, can go 79? You put Dean in. You put Dean, uh, him in. In. in uh, Did you listen? Bro, it's yeah. not sanctioned yet. There are all the other scores are not sanctioned yet. Yeah, the yet. 80s are up in the air. And by the way, when you guys in the Cal Universe see this list, we didn't re- we, the 90s. We are fucking locked in. We, we stand by the 90s. But the 80s, there's yeah. going to be a lot of things. We need your input. We need you guys to cash in and say we're right or wrong about some of the stuff because we, we didn't get to hash it I out. I do as a group. think looking who else is that? Like to me, Jake the Snake is not below Finn. But when you look at Jake the Snake, though, there is a very little amount of actual accomplishment and decoration. There's a high level of game-changing promo. There's a high level of gimmick iconicness, but, but there, he's never okay, had but a strap. Here's my question. Don't you think most, uh, in that era, yeah. I feel like the belt was moving less and, and there I were love less that. belts. And I love that and about so that. And so it's yes. hard to use that as a criticism because today there's d- d- tons of belts and they're, f- they're flipping it around all the time. I agree. I think, obviously, the belt moved around a lot in the Attitude Era. And what I love about the 80s and the golden age of wrestling is that not everyone got to have the fucking title. Not everyone gets to be a fucking world champion like they do now. Like right now, Dean Ambrose has been champion. Seth Rollins, not that he doesn't deserve it, but every the Shield was popular. Every one of those guys gets to be champion at some point. Finn Balor's a universal title because at some point we like, you know, it's too much. And back then, guys like Roddy Piper never had the fucking so title. Uh, let's Jake the Snake never had the title. Let's put Finn at 80. Yes, with with an option to discuss later. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, listen, well, guys, remember, this thing later. is never, never locked. Art is never done, it's it, due. Absolutely, art is never done, it's due. We don't go on because it's ready. We go on because it's Saturday night or whatever yeah. the line is. Anyway, guys, so uh, 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 I think we should go to, I think we got to talk about Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. I think we have to because it's mm-hmm. the one It's the one thing I don't want to run out of time. And we have Shebs in studio, <laughs> the notorious Daniel Bryan hater, not a Daniel Bryan fan at all. Let's go to the list quick because the list is always in play. Roman Reigns is always here. Daniel Bryan I have right here is an 84. Uh, seems too low uh, in my opinion, but I know you're not going to da- agree with me on that. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Shebs, I'm just going to throw it over to you to okay. just take it away. Well, your instinct was to put him in 84. You made this list. You put him in 84. Yeah. So right there, your gut reaction to Daniel Bryan, you see the name, you go B, not DB plus, just DB. Uh, I think that we all love Daniel Bryan. I want to love Daniel Bryan. I want him to be this great messiah of pro wrestling that you guys all say he is, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not. Not you. You're, yeah. you're on Daniel Bryan? Great. But when you look at Daniel Bryan and you look at those 90s names... He's not Cena. He's not Shawn Michaels. He's not CM Punk. And the reason I am a quote-unquote hater of Daniel Bryan is not because I don't think he's great. It's not because I don't think he's talented. I think he's all those things. But people, for too many years, put him in the conversation with Stone Cold and The Rock. Dan Black, yourself, have told me— He's an 84 on this list, though. Let's just— Hang on. Like, okay. You're, you're talking about him like he's up here— No, no, no. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to everyone out there. Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> 
Daniel, I, I want to hear this. Daniel Bryan overruled. Daniel Bryan is good. Me he is good, not great. He had undeniably one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time. At a great WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 30. He so also got that Connor rub. What Connor rub? He's talking about Connor's oh, the, the Crusher. All right, I, I want I want to hear Arlen. I want to hear. Surprisingly, I want to hear what Chev has to say. Here. Why? Because this is this is Daniel Bryan. Here's, here's a knock on Daniel Bryan. He's about to shoot on Connor. I'll shoot on Connor all day long. You're putting this kid in the Hall of Fame. Uh, what did he do? Die? All right, look. Oh my God. Here's the deal. Why wow. right, you give him a mic and you Shit. see what happens? Look, all right, to make this quick, because we need to have a discussion. Daniel Bryan is good, not great. You could give him DB plus. And look, right now in the lens of what he's doing, people say, well, did you see the promo? You know, now with the heel turn and the environmentals and he's got, and the AJ nut shot. This is all really good stuff. I like it. This is some of the best Daniel Bryan I've ever seen. Is it world title level angle promo? Not to me. It's pretty good. It's a great IC level storyline. Is his stuff with The Miz great? Yeah, but The Miz is the best guy in the mic probably right now, okay? Yeah. So my knocks on Daniel Bryan are as follows. He's good in the ring, obviously, but he's not the best guy in the ring I've ever seen. Shawn Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania. AJ Styles is the indie guy who's stealing the show. So he doesn't have that crown. So shut the fuck up about that. He's too small. This, you're going to disagree on this. He doesn't have the look. He is a B-plus player. He looks like shit. He's too small. He doesn't look believable. That match against Brock, when he kicked Brock in the face before the nutshot, when he just did that up kick, Brock was leveled by it. Anything he does doesn't look like it has the power they treat it like. They give him too much clout with his offense. All right, so that doesn't, he doesn't look believable because he's so small and puny and, and, and not jacked looking. Doesn't work for me. Dan, you said the mic work is the most important part of this thing to you. Being on the stick makes you a great. I will posit that none of Daniel Bryan's promos in his entire life, and I encourage you guys to post them to the Facebook group. Show me a great Daniel Bryan promo. Show me an Austin 316. Show me a Hard Times. Show me a Wallowing in the Muck of Avarice, for that matter. Show me the moment of Daniel Bryan on the mic that's going to level me and say, you know what, I'm wrong. He is one of the greatest men to work a microphone, because it's not fucking out I'll there. I'll give you one. When the uh, WWE Universe is chanting yes, and he goes, that's what Bree says. Yeah, pretty <laughs> bad, right? He actually has many, and I'll look... You you guys look for the great moments of Daniel Bryan on the mic. Me and Newman are going to look for the cringeworthy moments of Daniel Bryan on the mic. Because like I said, for guys like The Rock or Jericho, it's always pretty good. Maybe there's not a great iconic moment, but all the moments are fucking great. Daniel Bryan might have an iconic moment here or there, winning at WrestleMania 30, whatever. But it's always pretty bad, right? Him on the mic usually is, is kind of abysmal. His run as the GM, he might be the worst GM I've ever seen in all of wrestling. That includes John Laurinaitis. He might be the least charismatic guy I've ever seen try to run a show. I am the least charismatic showman. He has, he has almost no charisma. And what he does have, what does work for him, we talk about the right guy at the right time. That's what he has, and he has it in spades. And when you talk about CM Punk coming to the right guy at the right time, you, I don't think that, wa that argument holds as much water as... It does with Daniel Bryan because what WWE does, and we all know this, is they take something that worked, something that was hot in pop culture, in wrestling. You know, Vince McMahon screwed Brett off camera. Well, let's have Vince McMahon screw somebody else, and it works. Let's do it again three years later. It still works. Let's do it again. Now it's the authority. It used to be the corporation. That's what they do. They try to recreate and fabricate an artificial version of an organic great thing. And I think everyone getting behind Daniel Bryan, the guy they didn't want to be champ, the guy that the WWE did not want to win, is just a cheap knockoff of CM Punk being that guy. 
CM Punk is the guy you love. Without CM Punk, without him getting the, the raw deal and never headlining the WrestleMania and dropping that pipe bomb and never being on the cups and never getting his moment, that's why people were so sure that they needed to get behind Daniel Bryan to make sure it didn't happen again. But Daniel Bryan's not CM Punk. When you see that pipe bomb, I didn't watch wrestling for five years. I look at that pipe bomb and I was like immediately, wowed. This guy has it, right? But when I saw Daniel Bryan and they're casting him as that same thing, this new messiah, this unsung hero, this underdog that Vince is keeping down, this guy who's going to beat Batista and Triple H after, you know, and, and Orton in one night, I don't see it. it he's not CM Punk. I'm not going to look at him with no context and go, this guy has it. He doesn't have it. He's good. He's damn good. But he's not great. DB plus at most, 84 I love. Okay, so... Here's what I say. About I, I was glad to hear you out. I know you're ve- you have very strong opinions, which like we all were glad on, on a, <laughs> about Daniel Bryan. I think a couple things you're discrediting about Daniel Bryan. A lot of good points in there too. Uh, again, we're agreeing on the score. Okay. Uh, Love it. I think Daniel Bryan probably I think is a little low. I'd put him in a. I'd put him uh, 86. Uh, it's hard to put him. If we talk about in terms of we're just talking about Kenny Omega, it's hard to put him below Kenny Omega considering he's had big time WrestleMania moments. You know what I mean? So 86 is where I would it's like. It's not hard. It's wrong. I'm reaching out to you to compromise on an 86. Okay. And now I'm going to try to uh, 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 convince you. Okay. Uh, even though I have complete control of the, of <laughs> no, the no, Google no. shit. You still need to convince me. You're but the only one who can edit this document. One thing but that you've discredited, you've completely removed from Daniel Bryan. And this one thing I will say is that this goes back to something we were just talking about. Is that Dan, me and Arlen talk about. I don't buy the whole. I don't buy taking away success from people. It's not something I I, I do. I I, I I know that that's flawed. I know that there is a balance of like sometimes it's right place, right time. Sometimes something is bigger than the man. But I tend to lean towards giving people credit for their success. And Daniel Bryan is one of the most over wrestlers of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like, in terms of uh, 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 the yes chance, those are Stone Cold level pops that are just under what biggest moment of the last five years, in my opinion. Yeah, I said I said the the that CM Is Punk Occupy had the biggest Wall- moments Raw? of the last ten years. Daniel Bryan had the biggest moment of the last five years, in my opinion. So here's the thing: Occupy Raw, I loved it. Uh, but I, hate, I hated it. I will say, well, you didn't watch. I watched. No, he saw it. I was no, it, not. He watched. In, no, no, I watched at the time. I was say, there. Listen, I was already watching. Occupy Raw. He was watching already. To Occupy Raw, to say that uh, uh, if you make the argument back to me that it's nowhere near the pipe bomb, it is a manufactured pipe bomb moment. That's what I'm that saying. That is correct. That is 100% correct. But the only reason, it worked really well because he's so insanely over. Now, Daniel Bryan is a little rough on the mic. He's not completely polished. So he wasn't a, a- little. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's not- <laughs> okay. Shame. Um, okay. Um, but uh, he he's a... Uh, so he wasn't able to make that as polished as it was. But the promos are pretty good and in terms of just feeling like this is what I go for we talk about gut feeling the Daniel Bryan run now we come out the other side of the Daniel Bryan run and he's on a decline like it, 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 he's not at his his peak happened and we saw it but how many wrestlers can you point to their peak so clearly because it's such a tall peak you know what I mean you're also leaving something out which is that Daniel Bryan uh, you, you made the point that he's like was the most over right 
he also crossed over into the mainstream. Like the Yes Chant went into regular sports. What the fuck are you talking about? No, the Yes Chant was, was in stadiums all over the country. Do they know it's Daniel Bryan? I don't know. The chant crossed over. The yeah. man did not. Well, that's the thing. Is that a lot I mean, of people look, are, I can't. I, I don't know the answer to that. Like, we'd have to do research. I know the but answer. But the Yes movement transcended wrestling at it all. Did. It sure. crossed over. Which is, and I'm talking about 86. Remember, we're talking about 86 level. Okay. So I'm saying uh, 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 his peak peak is the high. But keep in mind this, is that when, it's like when people are down, you don't like it. Think about your favorite uh, comedian or movie star. Think about like someone like Dice sells out the garden two times in one night. You know what I mean? And now you go see him. You can go see him at the store for free, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's easy to be like, yeah, he's not a big, you know, you can fall into that Hollywood thing. Of like, they don't have the rub right now. They're not as hot. But I, I, I try to think about where was I in that moment? And in that moment when Daniel Bryan was on the rise was some of the most I was ever into wrestling. Uh, like, uh, to a, a, the point where I watched WrestleMania 30 and I was mad at myself for not going because it was so good. And then I haven't missed a WrestleMania since. You know what I'm saying? And then doing Yes Chance with the crowd in the prime of Yes Chance was some of the mo- I know which you've never done a Yes Chance. I, know I will never do a Yes uh, Chance. Well, you got one going at my wedding. That was a gift to you. I will never do one. In- <laughs> I will never do it when Daniel Bryan is coming down the aisle. But what I'm saying is that that's some of the most fun, cool kind of wrestling stuff. So the argument of is Dan- so now Daniel Bryan's on the decline, and then now he's he's like you know his whole thing was that he was an underdog and he was an indie talent and he worked a thousand percent and he was mi- underestimated by the Miz. Now he's married to a Bella Twin. Yeah. And a super successful well, but guy. But the minute they gave he's him, he's less likable now, which is yeah. why he's working as a heel. The minute they gave him, like his whole story was being the underdog and fighting his way up and continuing to get stuff down. The minute he becomes the champion at thirty, his entire storyline and premise changes. It and goes he, out the window, yeah. right? And, and I will posit this: that the six months leading up to that. It was already at the window because they were already writing that shit down. Okay. They're already like, hey, the people are real pissed about this Royal Rumble thing. Maybe not six, three months, right? They're they're like, we got to do Daniel Bryan. That's it. But we're there doing were three this. years before that. Though, Here's a awesome. very hot take. Not a hot take, but I agree where I, I agree with you. And I think this is people will get won't like this, but I agree with you that he's less talented than his success. Yes, I, I agree with you on that. The moment is way bigger than the man. Right, but he is responsible for the moment. And how many? Wrestling moments are as big as that. Or how many wrestlers have moments like that? You just can't discredit them. I'm just saying, you know who I give credit to for that? What? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. You mean the and, guy we all agree is 100? And you know who else, I give, highest rated you know who else <laughs> I give credit for that? I'll tell you who else I give credit for that. The WWE Universe. Mm-hmm. And that's the magical part about this. They're a part of the writing team. Right. So he he right, he ushered in uh he ushered in like he he it's like uh it's like like it's like getting mad at Dane Cook for using MySpace correctly. Like Daniel Bryan used the universe in a way that was great. Like he he's he mod, he he's more he's more than a guy who rode uh, 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 rode the the what the wake? What he said? Like, uh, yeah, the, uh, ride of the wave of of, of uh, the wave of, of CM Punk. Yeah, like he's way more than that. You know what he is to me? He's O Town. He's ninety eight degrees. Boy bands are hot. Let's make a boy band. Hit yeah, but, singles, yeah, but here's the right. thing: there's uh, that, thousands uh, of those boy bands. There's thousands of those boy bands that have no hits. Like the argument for Daniel Bryan is that so many wrestlers get pushed and amount to absolutely nothing. So right. if your argument is he's less talented than what he became, I agree. If your argument is he's not the best, Mike, I blah blah. You can go all the way down the list, but at the end of the day, he got a push, and no one did more with their push than him. He was the most over guy with the best moment of the last and, and five hey, years. Let's put this into perspective. These are right? huge men. These, these, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's put it. Uh, I don't. I can't find that. Dry. doing the drops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's put this in perspective for you, though. Like, um, uh, so like, 
Daniel Bryan lost to Sheamus in 18 seconds at WrestleMania. Wow. 24. So I don't know, something like that. I don't know that one. No, WrestleMania, like, no, no, 20. Look that up. He also got fired from WWE. 20, right. At WrestleMania, maybe 28? Something like that. And then, like, two years later, it made it. And that is, think about your, think about Bobby Roode, okay? Bobby Roode, ever, he was so over, and now his booking is terrible, and everyone's, even people who are major fans of him are writing him off. Daniel Bryan somehow kept the crowd to feel like he's shafted. He worked them. He's an incredible worker in that way. He worked people to say, I'm shafted. Like saying that the moment's bigger than that. There's so you guys saw my point there. Yeah, there are so many wrestlers who are shafted by WWE. It's scripted. It's booked weird, right? Like the Bobby Roode is my example right now. Bobby Roode was the champion of NXT when he came in, extremely hot prospect, and then the booking was shit for him, mm-hmm. right? Would you say? Would you say losing to Sheamus in 18 seconds at WrestleMania is shit booking? Yeah. Uh, uh, for you, can but you- I will tell you that without that moment, there is no 30. That's Santino booking. Santino Morella-esque looking. Yeah. It's crazy. It's probably too disrespectful. But without that moment, there is no 30. So it is what it yeah, is. But how many wrestlers bounce back from being shafted? If you are shafted and people bounce back, that means that they cared a lot about you. He has a real X factor that it's not easy to see. Cena went to bat for him for a reason. Right. What, what did he do? So Daniel Bryan got fired, and Cena implored them to bring him back to WWE. Daniel Bryan, uh, I think he, he used a necktie to choke someone outside of the ring when he was, you know, pretty pretty young. And they fired him from WWE. And Cena... Wait, what happened? Daniel Bryan like, was in, in WWE. Uh-huh. And he wasn't a big deal. Um, and he choked someone with a necktie. Like, he used a necktie... As a move. As a move. And apparently that is some kind of a taboo. Well, Vince's brother uh, hung himself with a necktie. Is that real? No, that's not true. No, no. And they no. fired Vince him. Vince killed his brother and ate him in the womb. Yeah. Everyone knows who Vince's brother was his big boss man at WrestleMania 15. They fired him, and the legend is that Cena was fond of Daniel Bryan right. and sort of implored him to bring it back. I want to add something to your point, Dan. And now they hate each other. I think the point that you're making is, like, how do people bounce back from that? I'll make the other side of the point, which is... How many guys like Kevin Owens and Finn actually get some kind of a push and and it doesn't seem to go where it should? Like, not only did Daniel Bryan bounce back from being totally disrespected to be what he is, he capitalized on the push he got, and most guys never get there. Also, Shep didn't make the best argument against Daniel Bryan, I think. Which is? Which is that he never had good title reigns. Yeah, of course. Like, well, he <laughs> barely had reigns. Every, yeah. he, his yeah. head would explode the day after he won the title Well, here's time. a couple, because he's not that... Fucking good. He doesn't make sense as champion. He, he's so fun to watch as his underdog that the company has their foot on, even though they're booking him to have the best moment of all time. They're giving that to him. But to us, we're getting worked. Oh my God, they're keeping my guy down. They're keeping my guy down. That's a fun thing to watch. We love to see him chase it. But when he has it, it sucks. The, it, there's nothing interesting about it. Just because something is hard to see doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like like the magic of Daniel Bryan is not easy to, to spot, but it has to exist. It has to exist. But to me, it's a lot of Emperor's New Clothes, man. Well, in 86. This is again what I'm saying. That's fine. The other thing I want to say about Daniel Bryan is Stephanie McMahon was in fact right. He is a B-plus player because as soon as he got that... You're you know, getting work. That's story. No, no, no. He's just... She's like, you You don't have what it takes to last forever, man. You're not going to... You, you don't have the durability in this business. They actually different. said he's injury prone and then he got injured. And then he got injured. <laughs> the storyline was like, yo, man, you're injury prone. Then he got injured and couldn't wrestle ever again. Uh, so that's sort of a little poetic justice for me. 
And I think it's true. Like, I, I bet he gets injured again and has to retire. The argument you're making. I might have to get in the, the um, Red Bull vodka zone here a little bit. The argument you're making is like a thing I've heard people say about Mark Cuban. Like, he, what Mark the Cuban's ability. What are you talking about? Well, let me say it. No. Mark Cuban's a billionaire. And people say, like... Part-time he, owner, owner of NJPW, right? Uh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, and um, it airs, it airs on uh, AXS television, which he owns. Got it. Mark Cuban is a billionaire, and he got it from Broadcast.com, which got shut down. And, like, people basically say he became a lucky billionaire. Mm-hmm. And uh, my counter-argument, and I think it's in line with what Dan was saying, which yeah. is, like, don't knock success, is there's so few billionaires on Earth... And the series of events that had to lead up to him doing that, and he started a company, did all these things, which maybe the argument is he's the luckiest billionaire ever. Maybe. But to be a billionaire, to get to that level, he had to put so much in and be in of such consequence himself that even being the bottom of that list is impactful. So to me, if you want to say, okay, Daniel Bryan uh, is the least capable guy to ever have one of the most important moments in wrestling of all time, fine. Nonetheless, being at that level... Almost no one ever makes it to WWE. Almost no one ever lasts in WWE. Almost no one ever becomes the champion in WWE. Right. And then almost no one ever has a moment that will be remembered forever when they are champion. Daniel Bryan had all those things. So I I don't think you can take any of that away from him. And I don't think it really matters if you want to say... He doesn't have Mike. He doesn't have the. In the end, the only thing that matters is his accomplishments. They speak for themselves, and those accomplishments are of con- consequence. And I go back to my original point: it's the most important event in wrestling in the last five years. So that was Daniel Bryan. It doesn't really matter why or how it was, and that's why Daniel Br- Bryan matters. He's an eighty-four. He's not in the nineties. He's not on the Mount Rushmore. Right, but I get what drives Shev's nuts. Nuts. It's like he's so. He's not. He's not as obviously he's uh, he's not he doesn't seem as good as yeah, he, what he gets and I think there is I think there is something to it like he is less talented than he gets he gets way more credit than he deserves. Okay, we were talking about Razor Ramon. He's yeah. less talented than Razor Ramon in my opinion. He looks worse. Razor's uh, there's so many things about Razor that like are so great. Uh, he's the same talented. <laughs> Okay, well, well, Razor's fine, on this list in '81, so because well, Razor, it, but Razor never had wrestler at all. But he never had any like. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just remembered something. His biggest match is Shawn Michaels. Where I'm just saying, like, there's plenty of people that don't have all of it. But in the end, Daniel Bryan still got to where he got to. So some something clicked. Like I don't think it really matters if you can directly see on paper exactly why or how it happened. It happened. There are people chanting the yes chant in NFL stadiums all over the country. They don't know. In ballparks all over the country. Like, it doesn't matter if they know. It happened, and it derived from Daniel Bryan. You know what the yes chant to me is like? It's like the what chant with Stone Cold. It's fucking dumb. It's stupid. It's And it's real easy. It's a real easy thing to get behind. It's fun, but it's not anything to be proud of. All right. right. Do you know those what's? Do you like the what's that Stone Cold does? It's not the I hate him, and I don't like the They're yes man. Uh, a couple of things I want to say about Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Daniel, absolutely right. What makes me mad is not that he's an 84, and not that you want to bump him to an 86. Let's bump him to an 86. I'm fine with that, okay? Right, DB it's plus. Done. It's DB plus, right? That's a B plus. Fine. And he's, he's doing great stuff right now. He's maybe doing the best work of his career. Let's see where it goes. I'm willing it's to actually give, a B, technically, isn't it? An 86, I think, it's is a B, B plus. Okay. Um, Let's give him the B plus. All I'm saying is I'm not arguing. You know, it looks like I'm yelling and arguing at you or with you. Sounds like it too. No, no, but you guys are wrong. <laughs> You're way off base. You're out of touch. 
I'm arguing with all these listeners out there who are sitting there steaming because I'm saying Daniel Bryan's not as good as they think. They're marks. I think that's Bro, gotten I, I, less and less. Honest, I don't even think that's happening. Right. I think, I think we it all used recognize to that Daniel Bryan is more of a moment. Yeah. He's more of a moment than anything. Yeah. And also an amazing indie wrestler. We know that. He was a great indie wrestler, but you make great points. He's no AJ. Uh, he's no, you know, he's not as good. He's no AJ or Sean. So we're talking about the 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 top. We're talking about the ni- the ninety range. It's like he's not better than those guys. Uh, so putting him there would be silly. So, uh, 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 but but, uh, uh, shit, what was my point? I still get people, don't, people don't overrate him as much as they used to. Is what you're right, saying? Right, and I think now people are recognizing that it is a moment. But can a guy be rated based on a moment? I think the answer is yes, if especially it's when it's that important. Epic. I think that. When you laid out the criteria of this judgment, one of them, but not all of them, was how decorated they are. Right. And that includes championships, moments, memories. And one is overness. And one is overness. He's one of the most over guys he is. In professional wrestling history. And that's what bugs me, because he was over for being over. He wasn't over because right. he was good. He was over because, like, let's get behind this guy. I think we can agree he's a complicated character. Yeah. Like, I think there's a reason why no, there's so much debate is, about him. I, I know what, what's grinding your gears. Like, yeah. we look at these greats. You look at these greats, and they are way more polished and refined than They're him. Larger than they life. have a lot more. They have a lot more ability than he's he does. He's kind of a regular guy. He's but, kind of like, and, and so he's kind of a regular guy, and that was part of the appeal. But it's like crazy. That it's crazy to put him when we start looking at it over time. And I think Daniel Bryan will go down and down the list as yeah. time goes by. People will have a harder time understanding what was great about this guy <laughs> watching highlights and stuff. But you can't take away the moment and the feeling. It's why I think it'll it's going to age like my dad talking to me about Bruno San Martino. Right. I, I think, think so. like Stone Cold. He's uh, a diamond. He lasts forever. Stone Cold is kind of like he lasts forever. Like, I wear my Stone Cold shirt, uh, and people are like, yeah, I love that guy. And I'm like, oh, you watch wrestling? Like, yeah, no, nah, I never watched. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That guy was cool, you know? Kanye West is one of the most important artists of the generation, and he's married to Kim Kardashian, who I fucking hate, but she's also super important. She once married a guy named Chris Humphreys, and that was probably a really big moment in his life. <laughs> Daniel Bryan to me is and Chris, more, if you want Chris to put Humphreys. It, you want to put it in perspective, uh, is that, is that uh, uh, Chris Humphreys' wedding was aired on TV and probably yeah. got the same ratings probably. as WrestleMania 30. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania moment to me is Chris Humphreys' marrying Kim Kardashian moment. It was a real big deal, and it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I have a slight tangential point about Daniel Bryan. I'm sure. interested if you agree or disagree. I was making a point earlier about Punk where I feel like... You're trying w- to pull it up? WWE... Red Bull, uh, yeah? I, could, I could slurp on it a little. WWE... <laughs> yikes. <laughs> That's a yikes That's for me, dog. That's in the seventh power. <laughs> that'll, that'll slip out. Hey, what flavor is that? Red Bull. No, it's bull flavor. Gross. Sugar-free bull Red horns. Bull. Um, WWE, I think, didn't exactly know what to do with the indie guys. Like, when they first started to... Uh, in the beginning, they did nothing with them. Later right. on, I think, when you get to Punk, they didn't exactly know what to do with him. And then when you get to Daniel Bryan, I, I still don't think they know what to do with a guy that, like, doesn't look like the prototypical WWE guy, doesn't feel like it. And I think Daniel Bryan suffered from still being in that... Mo- like... He took the the baton from Punk. Mm-hmm. He took it to the next level, and I think what you get thereafter is indie guys that feel right and at home in WWE. And I think Daniel Bryan still feels like on the cusp to me of a guy who maybe didn't quite fit. Yeah, and I think part of that is because they didn't know how to fit him. Right. So 
I don't know, but I think part of the beef with Daniel Bryan might be that they didn't treat him quite the right way for what he was. I mean, they they treated him in the end. They did okay in, in one way. Um, yeah, look, I think we've we've reached some sort of consensus here. I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention how much I abhor his finisher, which is looks like it doesn't hurt. It doesn't have an actual name, uh, and it looks just like a regular move that Finn Balor would give as a setup to a DDT. It's called, I think, the running knee, and uh, I think it I sucks. Think, I think it's called that. That running knee. Oh, it's Daniel like, Bryan hit him with that. That oh, there's the knee that he does. <laughs> that running knee. Uh, I think Daniel Bryan. I mean, it, it, listen. I think Daniel Bryan. I don't want to overhype him. I, I, you know, I could argue him going up to 87, but we'll keep at this 86 for now, and we'll see. Hey, remember these summit episodes? You can argue the merits of Daniel Bryan, and you can shit on Shams in those episodes, and uh, besmirch his image and his values and his family. I will say um, that this this iteration of Daniel Bryan is the first time I've actually like. Given a shit. So well, right now, what, what do you? What's your like history with Daniel Bryan? How do you feel about? Uh, it? Actually, so I <clears throat> during the yes, they used to date. <laughs> yeah, it's dicey. The uh, no during the yes movement, like when he occupied Raw, yeah. was <laughs> that was the lead up to what like thirty one to thirty, where, where he beat Triple. We H were to roommates in college. To so get a shot at the triple threat. <laughs> this is this is me and Daniel Bryan. So how, I, far about, how far? Yeah, back what base did you, did you get to? <laughs> how far back do you and Daniel Bryan go? Um, we met in high school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan was my prom. Dude. A, I was a senior. He was a junior. Yeah, he's uh, super prude, so I didn't get past first base. <laughs> I went uh, to his junior prom, and he got sick, so, uh, you know, he didn't finger me. All right. Uh, oh, 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 Does he have a little vitiligo? Uh, Daniel Bryan. How much whiter do he you get like, than white? No, no, he has like a skin, some kind of an issue somewhere on his. Uh, on I haven't, haven't noticed. Um, so, so, so uh, remember, I got back and I haven't stopped watching since thirty one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, too, I actually caught the Occupy Raw episode. I just like randomly like, yeah, let's see what Raw's doing. I haven't watched it since two thousand and fucking three. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, who is this fucking? Dumbass looking fucking hippie. Uh, Steph was like, I get it. You're the guy who's not afraid to be fired. I was like, that's it. That's him. He's the guy at work who's like pissing people off and doesn't give a fuck. Where's his hair long? Right. And I just, I saw that and I was like, eh, maybe, maybe I'll not, I'll keep not watching wrestling. It's like the groundhog coming out of his hole and he sees his, doesn't he see his shadows? Like, ah, I'm going back in there. Exactly. More winter. Exactly. So that's not watching wrestling kisses. Yeah. So that was, that's it. I tuned in, saw him and he's actually kind of the reason I didn't start watching then. Right. And I just like randomly got back into it. uh, Dan and I made this argument to Shebs at the time because I think Shebs also was kind of dipping in. No, I was watching hard because we went to 29, dipping in and out of sanity. I'm saying when Daniel Bryan was ascending, you weren't really... I will say this. I think watching someone's ascent to mega stardom is very important. Right. Well, that's the point I'm going to make. Okay. Like Daniel Bryan, in particular, because his mic isn't that great and his right. wrestling's whatever. You kind of needed to be on the ride with him. You had to feel invested in the story. Right. And the whole thing was the story. Is the point that Dan and I are making. And so I think if you missed the ascent, yeah. naturally you're never going to feel the same energy for Daniel he's Bryan. Ev- he, 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 he he's a, all ascent. He has max points, max crowns on everything that Kenny Omega doesn't have right now. Like store, like store, like vested story. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. anyway, we're done with Daniel Bryan, right? Mm, yeah, no, I'm much. not. I'm not done. I'm not done. All right, Arlen, 87. So you're talking about the moment I didn't watch, right? What I'm saying I didn't see is Team Hell No, 
No, no, no, AJ no, feuds. No, 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 no. That's what. No, no, but that's what I'm talking about missing. Yeah. That to me, I you know, if people want to show me moments of that and say, look, he was great even before he was over for being over, right? Show me that he was great without being over already. I'm talking and, about the ascent leading. Okay, up and I'm and to counter that, I'm saying you and me saw Daniel Bryan pin John Cena in the middle of the ring, yes. clean victory. Yes. That was way before all this stuff. Yes. And then we saw Orton cash in on him, eliminate it right away, take the title right away from him. Yes. That was before the 30 run. That was before the rumble not being it. That was before the whole yes movement even began. Sure. So don't tell me I didn't see that shit. I saw it. I was on the ride. Yeah, I just didn't I'm think just it was saying, cool. Well, you, you, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is an argument. I feel like I'm stating an objective fact. On the ride up the yes movement, yeah. you were not actively watching Daniel Bryan's ascent. Dan I was, and I, 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 I remember at the time... We're telling you, like, yo, this is the coolest thing happening in wrestling. And you were being you, and you were sort of saying, like, no, I don't care. I mean, Dan, am I am I mistaking the story here? Listen, I know that I don't, I can't, uh, listen, I don't think, it, it's, Shebs is very stubborn. So if he sees Daniel Bryan, he's like, I don't like this guy. I doubt you're going to be like, yo, now I'm into this now. I'm not even, but I also I don't get think- where, I, I connect with Shebs because I see the injustice. He's, he doesn't like the we injustice. We all agreed on that. So what are we talking about? All I'm, talking all about I'm trying watching to, the, the yeah, yes movie. I'm, I'm saying, saying I was. Shebs is saying he was watching Daniel Bryan's ascent, and I'm like, I, no. I, objectively, I, as a fact, you and I were watching. I don't know. Trying to convince him. I'm, I'm, saying, saying, I'm saying I was. Shebs did one thing. I'll give you a couple examples of Shebs. He wasn't into Edge at first. Was not at all. He wasn't into Edge. I had to be like, yo, you got to watch it. Like, nah, nah, I'm not into this guy. Nah, 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 nah. nah. That's the Shebs uh, 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 thing. Nah, nah, nah. And then he watched. It, he goes, all right, I like this guy. When he started pinning with humps, he humped a lady for the pin for the one, two, three. During the, during he was the radar superstar, and he pinned someone two legs up, and then on every hit of the mat, we do a hump. And Shebs like, yo, I love this. This guy. making that with Vicky Guerrero. I'm like, you know what? This guy's fucking cool. Yeah. Just my guy that I don't get. You asked, you, I, I don't mean I don't, to disparage any woman, but but, but Vicky Guerrero <laughs> looks. We were talking, she we disparaged just, herself. She looks. Shebs yesterday was pulling up young pictures of her to prove that she that she deserved to be married she, to Eddie. She looks oh like God. she's wearing a mask of her own face inside out. <laughs> She does. We're getting, oh we're, we're getting deep in the app. But, but my point on was that it's not like Eddie Guerrero was a fucking fireman calendar. Like, he was I pretty just, disgusting looking. Look, I, 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 think, I think Eddie Guerrero was a very good looking guy. Oh, it's, not like Eddie, it's not like Eddie Guerrero was a fireman calendar. <laughs> the pinnacle. The is peak, that, is that the peak of male beauty. Of male beauty. Fireman. Guys, I don't want to. I don't want to name names, but I have. I had a, a question from the community, from the nation, uh-huh. that they wanted us to address. Okay. The question was, how should I feel about wearing Hulk Hogan merchandise in 2018? Bad. Uh, this deep in the app, you're gonna give yep. me that question. Yep. Bad. Uh, I, I, Hulk merch. Would you do it? Would you? I mean, do I'm it? wearing a Hollywood bandana right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> we're recording. <laughs> I'm wearing a Hollywood bandana. Listen, man, I'm not. Uh, unfortunately for me, I'm not willing to let. Uh, I'm not. I'm willing to let Hulkamania completely die, but I'm not willing to let Hollywood, Hollywood Hogan die. So here's yeah. my question: If you had a, a a wrestling podcast and you're, you know, you had to pick a character to portray in a particular vignette, right? Would you feel comfortable um, portraying Hogan given his uh, questionable background? I just I, I I went with that New Day thing. That's how like I locked in with me, where it was like you like it's like. Hulkamania still exists. We can all enjoy Hulkamania, and we. And That's can, like separate the art from the artist, right. which I think doesn't always really fly, though. I, I guess, but I think also it's 
so deep part of like that's like it's not like any hall affects how I speak like, you know what I mean like every day so if I decide that I think I've decided to take a hard stance against Woody Allen that is like have you Hulkamania is deep part of the Lex Cap- I, I am troubled with Woody Allen I, I took a step back where I was like I'm turning my I, I'm like turning yeah. a blind eye to this guy's behavior for too many years you know I mean so I'm actually yeah. not I actually Consciously have not been seeing his movies. I wonder if he puts out one where everyone's like, "Yeah, gotta see it." What I'll do, but it's been easy to avoid. That's how I feel about Braveheart. He sucks. I don't watch any Mel Gibson stuff. Um, Woody Allen sucks anymore. Again, I I talked about this on the bonus app. What is that? He sucks. I, 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 I've never. Woody Allen is the least funny dude in the world to me. (laughs) Well, whatever. You either like him or you don't. You know, he's kind of like a. a, So you know, that's 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 neither here nor uh, over there. But uh, I think that. when it comes to Hulkamania, it's like, well, Dream is coming out dressed as Hogan, and New Day said, "Oh, we could still have fun with Hulkamania," to the point where I'm like, I think we, I think we could still. I, I, to me, it's like it's part of wrestling that it's something he gave to wrestling, and then I separated from him. I never really loved a word that even came out of Hogan's mouth. I was always just the visual, anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it is tough because, like, if you're going to... I mean, what Hogan said was particularly egregious and racist. And um, But, like, a lot of these guys are not great. I mean, AJ has said some, some bullshit. He's a flat earther. He's a flat earther. He Which doesn't like... What bullshit has AJ said, though? He, somebody said uh, in like an interview, the gay community comment. Where he somebody was like, "How do you feel about your fans in the gay community?" He's like, "The gay community, the gay community." And he when? got out. When it was in the I don't know, a few years like, in New Japan, but um, who were we talking about? AJ. I'll look it up. But uh, and then like there's oh, you know that's... Orton's Orton's like an All Lives Matter cocksucker and oh, like of course he is. So but I mean like it's it's tough because you have to with almost every wrestler separate them from their personal lives. Yeah, with right. wrestling it's it's like it's it's impossible. I actually am shocked that there are any wrestlers that uh, I don't have to worry about their personal life. I think yeah. I think it's yeah. So not mainstream as stars that no one cares to dig. And also, you know? wrestlers are truly playing; they're playing characters, right? Whereas, uh, like enhanced characters of themselves, though, uh, it depends. It's a little blurry. It, it actually or depends. Del Close, on, it's blurry. Del Close would say that they're playing themselves at a different temperature. Uh, I guess <laughs> so, but it depends on the wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it like I think that if you write a script, uh, you, like. I'm trying to think this through. Like, if you write like a man, we're getting deep in the app here. <laughs> My brain is not firing Look, the way. For I'm anyone who for. hung around, I think there's meat on the bone here. I think we're still in some interesting. I'm not even remotely done. Yeah, okay, let's go. Okay, let's fucking do I'll it. I'll tell you what. You know what? I got something to say about this whole thing. All right. Can't even hit the buttons right. I mean, it's unreal. I've compared myself. The great Listen, guys, I think the podcast is over. I think we gotta end it. Even the Brett Favre. I think it's done. I think it's playing better than any quarterback in NFL. I gotta uh, let, let it go. go. I got an announcement here. But tonight, right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and in front of the world. Okay, I will go until they kick me out of UCB. I'll go 10 hours. I'll go 14 hours. I'll drink as many Red Bulls as I need to get these points across to get this summit going. Woo! Woo! (laughs) I got too much juice left.
What was I talking about? <laughs> Separating the art from the artist. Yes. Hogan, can we love Hulkamania? I, am, I will tell you this. The hard thing to admit is that I'm doing gymnastics in my head. Yeah. <laughs> what Hogan said was so shitty, but I like Hollywood Hogan, so I don't know what to do. I wanted to spray paint the title because spray painting the title was a very cool thing that I saw. Yeah, you just mimicked a Hogan scene. And I dressed like recently. Hogan. And I just was like, yo, this is just what I'm doing. He's also one of the top five most important wrestlers. It's really hard when... Like, one of the most important people of a genre does something. You can't ignore it, but you also... But it's, it's those moments where it becomes the most important to separate the art from the right. art. Like, <laughs> if some low-level wrestler does something, you're like, ah, fuck up, fuck he's him. out. But what if, I'm, what if I'm just like, yo, he's a piece of shit? Rogan's right, yo, like... I'm saying this. All right, all right. If, uh, if uh, Roman Polanski tomorrow is like, yo, yo, I'm putting out a, uh, I'm putting out a Rosemary's Baby prequel. Yeah. Am I not seeing that? Rosemary's uh, conception. Uh, conception. Yeah, Rosemary's uh, semen. Yeah. Uh, whatever. She was the male in, in yeah, the yeah. conception. People don't know that they were like a seahorse. What I'm saying, am I not? Am I not going to see that? That's first off. That's my wife's favorite movie, Rosemary's Baby. She watches it. Like, how dare she? What? No, I'm kidding. You don't like that movie? No, I'm just saying. How does she support a movie like that when the director is uh, known? It's just pederast. It's a deal. It's, the, the reality is. That you do, we do separate the art from the artist. When the art brains. is important enough, not always. Right. When it's when, when the art is important. When you enough, have no choice. Yes. When you can't discredit yes. the thing. When it's like we live in a world where we cannot discredit Rosemary. By the babies. way, the Cosby we Show world still airs on TV. Of course, still we live airs in a world where we can't say ah, the Cosby Show didn't happen. It wasn't important. It was fucking mega, mega important. Right. It's easy for me. I literally just go like, yo, Cosby, fuck Cosby. But I also oh, yeah. was never a fan of his comedy. Right. I never watched the show. It was a little uh, before my time. Right. So that's easy to do. Right. So Hulk Hogan is too... We, we can't pretend he didn't exist and he wasn't the fucking... Yeah, and he's like Hulkamania. My buddy is getting him uh, like, a, like a mural made for his wall, his new house. Yeah. And it's going to be... It's like Hogan Andre standing right. toe to toe from three. And, 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 I, and no one... When they say, you're just like, yo, no, that's about WrestleMania three. I, Everyone I, knows that Andre ran a child prostitution ring in France. I have, I have <laughs> two... <laughs> no. I have two points here. I can't take that information <laughs> right now. Number one... Is not only can you not ignore it, you you have to pay attention when the art is important enough that you can't decouple it from the artist. It just sort of is. Um, Ugh, this what? this is too deep for this deep in the no, well, we're in the la we're in the final hour, right? I mean, yeah. this is when it gets deep. It's important. That the is second true. point that I'll make, which is more complicated, is I think it like let's take Mel Gibson for example. He said stuff about Jews. So for me, I am I don't care what his art is. I've written off Mel Gibson. It doesn't matter what he does. He could make right. 10 Oscar winners in a row. I won't What see about what women want? So I think it the does matter <laughs> if the commentary is about you specifically. Right. I think it is easier to separate the art from the artist when it wasn't a direct attack on you. Yeah. It, it, absolutely, because I've never, I, I would never give a dollar to Mel Gibson in my entire life, and I said this on the last bonus episode because it was uh, an attack on you. I heard, listened to two guys' podcast who I, two guys I couldn't respect these guys more. Two of the funniest guys that I know, and their podcast was kind of like. There are two guys who drink a lot, who have been in dark places before in their lives, who had a lot of compassion for being like, yo, Mel Gibson, like he was sick. They're like, he, he, it's like. We don't. I don't appreciate what he did, but it's like, are we gonna write this guy off for twenty years? You know, for being in a dark hole. And I think I, if you're I a Jew, the that. answer is yes. Right. That's what I'm saying. But everyone I know who's Jewish is like, that is abysmal. And I still can't. When I hear that opinion, I'm like, but how much more proof do you need that this guy's trash? 
Like, you know what I mean? We, we said it on the last app. And I'm like, but these are guys I really respect. And I write off Mel Gibson, but I also just did a whole Hogan thing because he didn't say anything that attacked me or offended me. I'm not a black man who was a big Hogan fan as a child and saw my childhood hero and a guy I looked up to just completely vanish in front of my eyes in one moment. A guy who, like, I spent money and time on completely disparaged me just for the color of my skin. Like, it's... Horrible. It's 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 horrible. Like it's the worst video of Hogan. But at the same time, we talk about vulnerabilities. There's no but. There's no but. I, I and that's not a hard but. But Hogan was we know in a really dark time. He has a very difficult personal life with his his wife. All with, that with stuff. Bubba's wife. With, with all, all that. Oh, yeah, I mean, he was with Bubba's wife. His kids are no picnic. We know that sure. he doesn't have easy kids. Easy so kids. Saying, his son uh, was in a fatal car accident. His son is responsible for one guy being a vegetable. Like so now, you know. So I, so for him to be in a dark place where he's having sex with his friend's wife and he's just saying shit out of a place of like posturing, postcoital, being recorded privately against his will. It's it's just like you. Uh, I I don't get saying that stuff ever. I can't even imagine that. Even Shebs, who we argue, this is what we say on the other pod. We argue, she we, we say Shebs, oh, the biggest piece of shit we know. He would never say this shit. I know this guy my whole life would never say anything like that. Mm -hmm. And you've already heard me say so much on this podcast. But he would never. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't do I that. Mean, like your argument, why you brought up the N word in the beginning of this podcast, if we're going to get semi deep, it was like you were saying, like, because you, 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 you're interested as a, a writer and as a comedic mind, the power of words is something you're interested in. Absolutely. But when you see somebody purposely spewing hate, it's, it's different. Yeah, it's, it comes, no matter how sick he was, no matter how dark times were. It, you don't just pull that out of thin air and it's nothing you ever thought or said. It doesn't resonate with you. That comes from some sort of place yeah, within the, you. The, that's not who I am response that right. inevitably follows these things holds no water with right. me. It's like, no, that is who you are. Like, you yeah. you did it. So it's I think, you. I think, though, that um, with Hogan, and, I'll use, and I think this counts for everybody, even Mel Gibson, uh, if as soon as I see even, like, yeah, I just need to see them uh, appear to be remorseful sure. and like actually apologize and explain, you know, what I said was wrong because of these reasons. And I'm going to do the X, Y and Z to make sure that I don't, you know, that I understand that and I correct my behavior, do some activism, do some thing. Mel Gibson didn't do anything. Right. Uh, Hogan didn't do anything to like repair well, it other than try to get his career back right exactly. like he right yeah. well, but, but i think of the christ which i guess he was like trying I to honor think, god i actually don't know if that's true i actually i don't really know much about what mel gibson did i know he that didn't try to do he has not i don't think he's ever really and he, apologized, he did the but, bullshit of I, he went to talk to some rabbis like but it's all about getting your career back it's right. not like true right. i feel reflection it's a PR and, I guess campaign, my point yeah. is that my point is that like i don't i i think that the First of all, I mean, we're getting deep, right? First of all, the nature of reality. How many people will ever hear this? The nature of reality <laughs> is, is, so up, deep. is Should we get into the? Should we? Should we get into Newman's? I mean, whatever. Oh, we're there. Yeah. We are whatever. there. Whatever. The nature. Newman. The nature of reality is such that uh, we don't know what it is, right? We we've never determined what objective reality is. We don't know if this is a simulation. We don't know if you know what the fuck is going on, right? We we make up rules. We make up conventions. We construct social ideas of what's right and what's wrong. And if somebody fucks up, they're damned forever uh regardless of what they do i don't know if i agree with that but hey, these everybody. guys welcome 
1900. Ja. Corner. apologizes mind you nobody's ever louis uh Aziz, everybody that's been, all the guys that have been me too'd all the the wrestlers uh, all the actors everybody who's ever who's in the doghouse none of them have ever really apologized or like done anything to say you know what that was fucked up and then try to fix it uh, uh, and i'm just uncomfortable in a realm where there are no rules uh, besides what we create, uh, saying like this person's going to be cast out of the human uh, uh, family forever. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this. Can I, can I ask yeah, you? Yeah, go I, for I, it. I have sort of like a leading question. Yeah, which is, I agree with you. I don't think. All right. <laughs> I don't think that someone should be cast out forever, and I right. think it's really important that we give people room to. Uh, work on themselves and improve and because none of, none of us are infallible right mm -hmm. with that said I believe that if someone makes a mistake yeah I don't they don't have to ever we don't have to forget it necessarily right. um, and I think there has to be room but but to me everything that you said in the lead-up which is like this is could be all like who knows what this is right I feel like all the more reason and all the more respect to people that sort of live by a code. Mm -hmm. Because in theory, you could just go I'll nuts, right? right? Edible, you can, quick. You can go haywire. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. You, you, you could say anything to anyone at any time. There's nothing really that stops you from doing that. Right. But to me, that's why I have a great deal of respect for people who do have a certain degree of discipline, who do have a certain degree of control. Right. Do you not think that because of your beliefs or everything that you espoused at the beginning, which is like, this is all, who knows, could be a big joke. Right. I, well, I, I mean, I, th I think I get your point. I think that, um, uh, <laughs> uh, Dan just needs, he's digging his hand into a bag of potato chips while we're having this conversation. He's tuned out on the deep side. That's how he's out. Uh, I actually, I just got completely thrown off. I forget what the point I was about to make. Um, is it the Tibetan gong? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I think that... Stop hitting it. Uh, as far as, like... Uh, fuck. Yeah, you just, like, completely derailed me there. I was asking yeah. you if... Stop hitting that guy. <laughs> <hand. laughs> really, it's insane. I was asking you... the opposite effect. Yeah. If, the, <laughs> if the idea that maybe this is a simulation has any uh -huh. impact on how people behave, and do you have any greater respect for people that are sort of... Oh, sure. Live by I got, I got a spoiler there for you guys. It's not a simulation. 
I mean, you know that. Good spoiler. <laughs> it's also not as important as we think it is, I guess. is Sure. But every time you hit that bell, it erases my brain. It's incredible. But the, the nature of reality <laughs> is subjective, right? So it is as important as we think it is because there is nothing else other than our experience of observing this reality, right? So... That is the of the ultimate importance. That is the, of the only importance. Sure, and I'm just saying that's why I have Got so much respect for people with discipline, so, and that because you don't have to get out of bed in the morning and work super hard or do anything. Like you but, don't have to. Well, I think also, that you, everybody strives to bring to bring meaning into their life, and one of the ways that you do that is. Um, by you know achieving things and and like yeah, and, and, not and being living a by a code and right 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 but I think the people who are who make comments like that I think the people who abuse people are oftentimes victims themselves of some sort of abuse when they're uh, it's from a place a, of a fear kid. I think or exactly. or at least a cultural what we deem sort of a uh, an abusive programming culturally like right. they've been subjected to some sort of unjust culture that made them this way, whether right. it's physical abuse or just being raised in a cult or being raised to be a, you know, a Westboro Baptist well, it, it, to me, it comes, there's a belonging component of that. Like when I see stuff like that, I see a group of people that everyone wants to belong. Everyone wants some social, the sure. number one yeah. human fear is loneliness. Right. So More when death. you're in an environment and like, uh, I don't know, you're raised in some crazy place and like the KKK is sort of the thing, your parents are KKK members. You want to feel loved yeah. by the people that are around you, and you start to go into some crazy zone. Yeah, it's what choice do you have, right? That's that's the only human. The one thing we know as human beings that part of our. But that's what I'm saying. I think because of that, like to me, the highest thing you can do is like have a, a view that sets you apart from your from tra community. to transcend that. Yeah, to to uh, to step beyond. Uh, and I will say this: it is. I believe that it is almost. Almost impossible innately to come to that conclusion. I think you have to be exposed well, to outside factors. What about factors. like Hasidic people? No, no, no. Well, they're exposed. They don't just. I, I, many. I, my theory on this is that there must be some exposure, maybe on a macro level, maybe on a micro level, to some other way. Which, which is, is often why in those communities they keep it so exactly, insular. Which is why those yeah. communities are kept so insular. So, uh, th which is why internet is often restricted in countries that we deem backward because they don't want to expose their populace to other ideas, other thoughts, uh, different ways. That is why we associate education. We need to get Newman's viewpoint. Well, that's why we associate education now. with with. He erased his brain with the. Yeah. And Newman hasn't been able to speak. I just took minutes. the headphones off, so I don't hear it anymore. Oh, with progressive attitudes, I just feel like it's off. Yeah, okay, it's off. <laughs> yeah, but you can hit it at any time. <laughs> yeah. You have um, the soundboard. Newman. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, here's the thing: is my basic guy's not as zen as I am. My basic uh, metaphysical assumption about reality is that we're all uh, aspects of one uh, one source. I, I don't want to call it God because I don't think it's Ooh, like an interesting. I don't think it's an entity with an agenda. I think that. Um, it's a just a source of uh, that powers existence, and we are an aspect of it observing itself. Um, Does and that th mean everyone's a reflection of us? Is that what you're saying? Everything we're all a reflection of of each other, mm. and that deep down, deep, deep, deep down, heavy point, deep, 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 deep down, I'm not Alex Newman. That's just the name that the person that birthed me gave me, and I'm not my accomplishments. I'm not anything but this. This. I'm, I'm everything, and so are you, and so are you, and so are you, and so are you, and we're all doing this now. We're creating this uh, now, and it's hard for me to look at, like, Mel Gibson and be like, uh, you know, he's separate 
from mm. me. So when Shebs is I, I agree insulting with that. you, so when Shebs is insulting you, he's actually affecting some part of himself. It's like a response to something in himself. Well, that's everything. Every time you, anytime you attack somebody, you're probably, I mean, Carl Jung said that the degree to which you deny the monster in yourself is the degree to which you condemn it in others. And I think that anytime you attack somebody <laughs> is, is it's, it's your, you're confronting some aspect of yourself that you don't like or you're repressing. I and love so that you, point. You see that's it. That's true. Yeah. I, I, there's part of me, that, listen, you know, we agree on a lot. Uh, we we did uh, uh we got deep on the uh, on music. We got on the rock. <laughs> and, uh, I like music, so. that's. Uh, I feel like we agree on music most of the time. We don't yeah. have the same day to day music taste, but nothing right. I like you think is like trash. No. So, so and everything like, you like, you share. No, you like, like Dave Matthews Band, yeah. and you like Corpse Grinder. <laughs> no, 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 I do. Dan's Cor music taste. Corpse Grinder is the lead singer of Cannibal. Corpse. Yeah, you're talking about oh, Cannibal. Dan has, Dan has oh, so I guess, I guess you do taste. like that. So never mind. The, the equivalent of Dan's music taste to wrestling is when I talk to someone. I'm like, who are your favorite wrestlers? And they're like, oh, Stone Cold and Hogan. And I'm like, yeah, it's, he just has entry music stuff. That's not a deep comment. That doesn't deserve a gong. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah. about that. I was maybe trying to say what about. But no, I'm saying that. I, I, I'm saying that my whole theory on life is that we overcomplicate. It's not as complicated as we act. Like, mm -hmm. even what you're saying, I agree with all saying we're one, this, this. I feel like it's, like, it's completely unimportant. It's mm -hmm. all science that is pointless to even try to understand. It's, like, life is just this amazing gift you're given. Time is the only luxury, and you say there is no luxury. That's fine. But I always say life is so meaningless you're so unimportant that it's worth just fucking doing it your way well you you're I mean? like all of your arguments are amazing it's gift. sinatronism all of dan's arguments are a response to anxiety about like you, whenever i hear you talk yeah. on a deeper level it's yeah. always like this is why anxiety is stupid and i think it's part of yeah. your battle with I, anxiety yeah. but i agree with your points that like there is no reason to live in fear of anything no because at the end, we're going to die. Hey, the only fear you and have And mostly is people regret fear. So while you're alive, you're putting yourself through pain for not doing things that you should do. And then when you're dead, it doesn't matter But anyway. there's also a balance because like it's like you can be on some kind of metaphysical level and I'm above this, blah, blah, blah. But then you get raped by capitalism, right? So like you can or live in this person. What? I said or by a person. Well, it's true. Yeah, right. I it think, is true. You can be like, oh, it doesn't matter. So someone then, takes full advantage of you, like you don't matter because you don't think you matter. So then it's a self-esteem element, and also you can be like, all right, well then you're gonna have banks take advantage of you and Facebook take advantage of your information. So it's like if you don't take yourself seriously, all you've became is a commodity. So it, like that's why the, like that's why I see it as like a fine line. Um, or, or it doesn't matter. Yeah, then but I think you, there's a difference. Between, your view is that money is not even a real thing, so who cares? I think that there's there's a difference between taking life seriously and taking life sincerely. And I think you should take life sincerely. Seriously, or sincerely, but not seriously. Like yes. it's, it's, it's important, uh, but don't don't like like. Speaking of anxiety, like uh, there's you have two options. You can either identify with the you, the Dan, who has this particular point of view in this in this uh, you know zone in the space time continuum, and you're on the tip of this like up and down ride, which is inevitable. Life right. is sometimes ha ha, sometimes boo hoo, and it doesn't get much more complicated than that. Yeah, guys, life can be tough to qu to quantify. You know, you can't you can't put numbers on the metaphysical world. That's a notion. You know what you can do huh. is you can put numbers on episodes in and, duration, and and you can count five to six guys in this room who just completed. An eight-hour episode. Wow. Right. Well, it, sounds like it sounds like we're going long. Well, so, uh, yeah, I'm not, so I'm not done. Up, back up your stuff, guys. No, it's no, 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 no. We're going. Take the we're going in. longer. 
Dan still got that gong. Yeah. So wow. All right. So guys, officially the eight-hour episode. I gotta tell you, that was not hard to not do at hard. all. I mean, was it not hard? Hard is not the wrong thing, but man, that was fucking blast. Lightweight, yeah. baby. Lightweight. I tell you what, because you talk about this kind of ties into what we're doing. Doing an eight-hour episode. You know, people say like, "Hey, uh, do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life mm-hmm. like that." That's how I feel about doing this shit. Like this, this, this is. This is like this is how a great way to spend my finite amount of time on this, this is, earth. This is why sometimes Dan, you and I get into a thing where I think your number one concern in the world at the current time, which yeah. I think you're very fortunate uh, for, is is financial. Yes. And so sometimes, you know, when you're at a, a boohoo point, you'll say to me like, um, you know, the, the, you'll talk about money and yeah. how taxing it is, and and, and I think in reality, it is taxing. Like, money is a basic need and orientation in this world and you need to have a certain amount of it to just for it not to be that thing but you you say that and then what i often say back to you is but you're so lucky that you chose what you want to do agree and in the end money often like there there's a basic amount of money that you need just to live in existence but then money becomes more of a marker where it's like how like you're using it to gauge how successful i am right and i think if you can get a little more enlightened than that it's Money is not actually a marker of success. It's more up here and how like calm and stable you are and how capable you are of battling anxiety and all these different things that matter a lot more than what's in your bank account. But I will say that there is a minimum amount that is important. And I think it's present for you. But in reality, you made an incredible choice to leave something that could have afforded you money and choose a profession that is not guaranteed to deliver money, but is guaranteed to deliver you a degree of satisfaction. And by virtue of being someone who saw you in both states, I will say that you are far happier today and far more uh, satisfied by your life, even if the money part is still a question. But that's why we're going to get to 2,000 patrons. Absolutely. And to I bring can, this back to a promo. And I can burn the CPA license. <laughs> and you can burn um, the CPA well, license. Well, I mean, there's two things that you talk about. You're completely right. There's this weird, like, dichotomy. There's this weird split in me uh, uh, to make this about me. But there's a weird split in me where I'm like, I, I remember, like, where I'm like, oh, uh, the, I'm like, man, I'm, in some ways doing worse than ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then in some Just ways... Just in that easy way to mark yourself against right. other people. But like, but, but but it creeps up. You know what I mean? It creeps up. Like I talked about in that last pod where you sit down to have dinner with your wife's family friends and they're like, hey, Dan, what are you up to? Right. And then you have that moment of like, I'm a wrestling podcaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, uh, and, there's, and, and I'm very proud of it. But you know we live in a we live in a world where that's a weird thing to say, uh, and you know the, and, and people live for the moment of telling people that's who I am. But but I'm saying the other side of uh, wait, I'm saying yeah. but then the other side of me is like man I'm so proud of the work we're doing here. Like I think you guys yeah you fly in here do me a favor whatever. But that's not really what happened. Like you guys are like this is a fucking this like is this worth, is a cool this is thing worth, that you want to be a part yes, of a hundred percent. Um I mean there's definitely a part of you that's like yo uh, there's definitely is a part of you that is. Let's say doing me a favor There is a party that's like, Oh let's support Dan Let's go out of my way to do it But I believe there's a big party That's like That's a really It's a cool thing he's doing That I want to be a part of I personally felt like I owed it to the Cal universe To show up and voice my opinion <laughs> Right but No no no, I'm, no Look you're absolutely right Right We're here because this is something We want to be a part of And I think to Arlen's point 
while it is difficult sometimes to hold yourself to these markers that everyone else uses, you, if, when, if I put a gun to your head and ask you the question, are you more successful now than you were five years ago? The, the value here is that you're building something, you're doing something you love, and There's you're pursuing something. There's a poster of Dan on the wall in this room. <laughs> Which and is amazing. It costs like 20 bucks. And it's next to Matt Besser and Horatio Sands. And Matt And Walsh the UCB put, logo, yeah. which is one of the most iconic logos in comedy. Right. There's no question. You're the most listened to podcast on the network. Easily. The only. And, but but yeah. even that's not the marker of success you're talking about, Arlen. You're talking about personal fulfillment and yes. satisfaction. Right. I'm talking about waking up in the morning and feeling like... What yeah. you do that, matters to you. Right. You live a meaningful wait, wait. life. Yes. Point, I think this is what it is. But I, so I recently had like a bad day. Like a, a uh, big, sorry, sorry, man. Thank you. Uh, like a big flip out day where I was like, uh, where I was being like, I knew while it was happening, like this is my worst self. Mm. And by the way, you're completely shielded from my wife. But I had a day where I was like, yo, this is like, my anxiety is taking me over. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And okay, the next day I was better. The next week I was better. Now it's better. It wasn't like a thing where I was like, you know, it wasn't like a mental breakdown where I was like hospital. I was just like one of those days where it was like, but then I remembered I was having days like this all the time at my accounting job. Right. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Well, every day I had the chest pains or every day I had the, and I had money in the bank. Right. You know what I mean? So you're like. It's that balance. Where you're like it's that, that trade is not worth it. There are people that do things solely for money, right? And they live an existence that is painful. That you just talked yeah. about chest pains from it, and then you die, well, and then that's the end. I thought that chest pain feeling. This is the thing. I didn't. Gaze. I, I, didn't I was gay. No, like <laughs> honestly, I grew up in a house. Where my family was like. If you bring up, like, I, I, I have anxiety, I have this, this, it's like, yeah, you're fine. It's like a lot, like, you're, you're fine us. I grew up thinking that anxiety feeling is like, we all feel that all, you're supposed to feel that. Like, that's just part of life. You're supposed to be anxious about yeah. everything, about brushing your teeth. Like, you're supposed to be, you know, and then once I realized that's not normal, just from realizing that that is not supposed to be the case, it, I'm able to be like, fight it. When I feel it, I don't lean into it. I know how to lean away from it. I know that, that it's like part of the thing that rides with me or whatever, you know? So I, I, I think that's an interesting, that's an interesting takeaway is just understanding what anxiety feels like and when it's consuming you. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a matter of you are better equipped to live with and deal with something when you can identify it, right? That's the first step is being like, so what's going on here? Oh, this is going on. Now you know how to handle that thing, right? right? I think anxiety has been that thing for you. Um, I also just want to say that um, we were talking about, you know, people who chase money or a high powered job or th that's just, that is the societal standard. That's the easiest way. That is the shorthand for people to judge success in this day and age is just say, well, what's going on financially? What do you have in the bank? What's your career like? Because it's just easier. It's just quicker. It's shorthand. Right. And it's more identifiable. And it's more identifiable because it's more relatable and universal because for more pe for most people, that that's a good barometer. That's a good litmus test. Some people have jobs they're not fulfilled in, but they still feel satisfied. Like just by providing or building family or generating enough money to leave a comfortable Fantastic. existence. Some people... That is enough for, and I don't say that. Oh, they're not chasing their dream, and they're not living a fulfilled life. And well, you don't have to have a dream. No, exactly. Well, for those people, some of that is the dream, right? I mean, like for my father who grew up with fucking nothing and had to be an immigrant and had to work, like this is the dream. The dream is. Well, you're kind of getting at the higher, like Maslow's hierarchy like, of my, needs. My, my grandparents are in the Holocaust. They sure, weren't mine like too. dreaming about enlightenment. They were like, "Can I get a fucking meal?" Sure, there's you certainly know? a higher. Can I have a hot meal and survive? And so my grandfather comes to this country and he becomes a butcher. Right. And 
and he wakes up every morning, every day at three in the morning, you yeah. know, six or seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, and fucking loves it. And has a shortened existence, but has immense pride in the fact that he owned a home. Right. That is your frame of reference. Sure. We are fortunate that we get to sit here and talk about enlightenment. Right. Which on, on an eight-hour podcast about wrestling. Correct. So, yes, of course there's a hierarchy of needs thing. But past that, I have plenty of friends who who were past that hierarchy of needs, who, who bo- were born with the house already paid for, no college debt, you know, whatever, guys who were already coasting. Well, you only have friends like that. You, I'm just you're saying, from Long Island. I've got a couple other friends. But even those guys, not all of them are saying, hey, I have a, dr- I want to be a flautist. Like, hey, I want to be a baker and open it. Some people, the dream is just to have the, the nice life. The dream is just to have a job that sounds cool. You know, it's whatever. So I'm not discounting all those guys. You can be, you can have success while chasing something that may Newman's not be as take. fancy as I haven't all this heard stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to get back to Newman because I think Newman. I think we're operating on a completely different plane than Newman. It gets carried away. Like, yeah. uh, I, I don't mean, in a, I mean like we're, we we're instantly get more tactical. Like when we started right. talking, we we're talking about ourselves and how the world affects us. When Newman's talking, it's m- more He's philosophical, more existential, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, let's so I mean, let's let's couple things, right? So like when you're. Um, so I'll just use myself as an example, uh, as far as money is concerned, right? Right now, uh, I, uh, I'm underemployed, don't make a lot of money. Um, it's on paper, not a great situation, right? But, uh, over the years I've learned to not identify with the, um, the, the me that's experiencing the ups and the downs. I've learned to identify with the me uh, that is at the center of everything. And so instead of being at the tip of this like wave that's coming up and down at a good and bad times, I'm in the middle of it and it's just sort of happening around me. Do you think it's possible that the entire point of life is to find balance and harmony in the, like you, you talk twice now about the ups and the downs. Uh-huh. I have a personal theory that this the whole the meaning of life is to figure out how to ride the wave in the middle and to not yeah get well that's too Buddhism right it's the it's the it's the middle way it's uh, the third way it's like um, uh, I don't I think the point of life uh, to borrow uh, a terminology from Alan Watts is that um, the point of life is uh, like the point of dance. Alan Watts. Like the, I know I the, like the point. Watts. Like life is like a dance, right? And 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 it's the point of dancing is not to arrive at a particular spot on the floor. The point of dancing is to dance, feel, flow. State. That's it, right? And so the point of living is to live a life that's worth living, or whatever that is. Right. That means something different to different people. Exactly. Right. It means people something is... different to literally everybody. Right. Right. Um, right. And uh, and then to that point. To the people who, like, you feel embarrassed uh, saying I'm a wrestling podcaster, right? right. There's one of two responses they're going to I can't have. help it. Like, I can't, like, I don't feel that at all. I'm so, this is my most proudest work, you know? Right. And I can't help but say to somebody, oh, my wife says, uh, my wife proudly says to the man who's sitting across from us, he has an awesome pop podcast. It's growing really fast. And they're like, oh, what's it about? And I have to say professional wrestling. Like, I know I love professional wrestling. I know it. I just know I'm going to be up against like uh, uh, I'm gonna be up against the face or something, or like you know, uh, some sort of judgment. But what I'm saying what? is this: what I'm saying is this that like there's one of two responses. I like, wish I was strong enough. What did that person I just say? said that, and I but I do it, and I'm but I am pretending it does affect me. Right, you know but, what I mean? but, but there's one of two responses that they'll have, which is one, which is uh, that's awesome. Sounds like you're doing what you love to do, or or two, uh, you know, maybe you should do something a little bit more serious, right? And that that is the fear that. 
that person has. Uh, and anybody who tries to poo-poo what you're doing, if you're doing what you want to do, because they're afraid and probably regretful that they're not doing what they want to do. And so they're projecting that aspect of their shadow onto you. And, and that's the other thing. That's another thing, like the CPA thing, is that like uh, part of like burn, like 2,000 patrons, I burn my CPA. Like, oh, haha, that's going to be really funny. But part of it is the thing I don't like about myself, which is that I still am like, yo, I'm a CPA. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I hate that part of myself well, that's that your needs safety net. that needs the crux of like, all right. And I've done it in conversation where I'm like, yeah, I'm also a CPA, and like I do that. Even in that conversation with that guy, I said like, yeah, but I also I work tax season sometimes. You know, right. like I had to couch that. Yeah. Meanwhile, like I've booked two national commercials this year. One for Toyota. I'm shooting one for Geico this week. Like I'm skilled uh, act, uh, talent. You know what I mean? I know that I've been proven that way. But still, it's like those this guy. Uh, this traditional guy or whatever is a threat to me. Here. I hate that about myself. Yep. So I'm like, I want to burn this thing to be like, yo, I'm a podcaster. I have 2,000 patrons. What? Like, and even that is stupid. Even that attitude is dumb. Right. So there's a lot about myself that I don't like. The most <laughs> concerning, the most concerning part about that entire scenario yeah. for me and I wrestle with the same thing. So right. I, you know, I, mean, I would like as, to talk as, about you, as not me. Newman, as Newman pointed out, usually to me. Those people that you find yourself doing the mental gymnastics to prove something to are the less enlightened of the of the bunch. Right. Often, if I if I sit down with someone and I'm just talking about uh, who I am and what I'm about, and I don't feel any pressure to prove anything, usually that's a person that is operating on a higher level. Often, when I interact with something, the more or someone, the more that I feel I have something to prove often the less enlightened they are. And I think there's something that really scares me about why I feel the need to prove something to someone that is less enlightened. Um, Because in the end, to me, it is really about them. Like when you say to someone, I'm a wrestling podcaster or... Or even I like wrestling. Oh Yeah, anything, right. And they go, that's dumb. Or aren't you worried about this? Or like I... There's so many scenarios where that comes up and somebody says something that, yeah, you're a little fearful of it, but they're a lot fearful of it. Right. And and just by them bringing it up, it triggers something. And then you do this dance where you go, but I'm a CPA and it's fine. I fall into it every time. I, I, it's I such a trap. In my, in my it is such a I'm trap. Gonna, I'm going to be proud of my shit. Well, yeah. I think a lot of it boils down to... Um, this thing of wanting to make sure other people understand you, we feel a lot of need to not And that you're above them. Right, and that you're, and that's the important, but that you're above them. And now I'm going to get into something else, but like, so you're trying to relate to them in terms that they can comprehend. Right. Here's where I'm at. It's like saying, hey, I'm better than you in terms you can understand. I have a wrestling podcast. Oh, you don't understand what that means. So also I'm a CPA, so I'm doing something I love. You get that. And also, I have this straight job. I can make money when I need to. You get that. So I'm better than you because not only can I support myself, I'm also following my passion. I am now not only doing okay for me, but now you understand I'm doing better than you. And Arlen, I think guys like you, and I'm sure I'll put myself in this category too, is that you've arrived at a point in your life, for better or for worse, where you've proven your value or your worth, whether it be through traditional means like making a lot of money, which you have, or non-traditional means like following a passion, which you've also done, where you've said, I've already proven to myself that I am where I need to be and everything is good. And Newman, you've done it as well, right? So you've proven to yourself that you are living an existence that you understand is valuable and worthwhile and you're spending your time, life, hours, passions, energies on the true, on whatever you perceive to be the true meaning of life. 
So if you can't communicate that to someone else, Arlen, like if you can't communicate that to those people in their words, in the terms they can understand, your response is, they don't get it. Like they're not on my level. They're beneath me. They are less enlightened than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very good at doing that. Like, oh, you don't un- understand why I'm doing okay and I'm doing great? Well, you're a fucking idiot in my mind. So I think a lot of that is becoming secure with yourself and, and realizing that you've arrived to where you need to be. But I think your point even assumes that I'm done proving things to myself, which I think is a bigger problem. Right, I don't think you are. Just the word proving means that it's for, it's, it's for something that's maybe less substantial than just the journey of life and just feeling things. Like, uh, you're talking about me. I am a business person. You guys have knocked me for that. I... It, it is a passion of mine, but I have mo- many passions, and there's a lot of things that I feel passion for. I really enjoy the creativity of taking businesses that are smaller and trying to make them big, and the challenge of collaborating with a large group of people to make that successful. That's super interesting to me. But I also uh, really like comedy, and I really like music. Like There are all these things that are interesting, and one of the things that I constantly wrestle with is... I don't necessarily want to uh, be successful. And by successful, I don't necessarily even mean external. I just mean sort of do something to a degree that I'm proud of in one area. I want to do it in multiple, but I think life makes it really hard because there's so much societal pressure if something's going okay or, you know, just you have to focus on family and do all these things. It's so hard to try to hit many different things. And, And that, I think, really freaks people out when you talk about like, Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of like, yeah, that was fun. But like now I want to do this completely different thing or this thing. And so I think a lot of it is about getting to a state of contentment with discontent and with not having to prove anything to anyone. I think a lot of anxiety comes from wanting things to be different than they are. Like uh, any situation you have, there's the reality of the situation. There's how you want it to be and the, the dissonance between those two things creates this like reverberation that just like ripples through your 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 psyche. Um, so it is a lot of just like kind of coming to terms with like this is this is the reality I have to face and then face it rather than trying to like just bitch and moan about how you'd how you it would rather you'd rather it be. Um, so like okay, I want I want to just like pivot into like actual. So we we know like philosoph- uh, philosophically like where we're kind of at or whatever. But like all right, let's talk about Shebs for a second because like so like you you uh, you always talk about like a couple things you're into in your life or like you're always like it's all about moments. You know what I mean? You're and like you have a thing where it's like <sighs> like you do believe like things don't really matter. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yo, working hard is like, not, not like, yo, uh, it, it, it's like, you almost believe this. I believe you and I have the same life philosophy, but different approaches on how to, on, on, on the repercussions of it. Mm-hmm. Like I have a thing where I'm, and, and I have a thing where I'm like, yo, uh, I'm kind of like, yo, life doesn't matter. There's no God. <laughs> it's like, it's meaningless. And, uh, and life is cool. You know, like it's cool. We get this thing, whatever this conscious thing we have that I can control. Look, like I can control this body, and I can actually have strength and will and thought. So I'm like, yo, uh, I better just do the things that I'm into. Mm-hmm. But like, I, my, like I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna put myself into my things so hard, so I'm gonna fail. 
And then I feel like you, where would you say you're at on that? Um, I, well, the things that you, I think, got right is like, yes, I don't believe in much purpose or point. Right, I think this is... Since we're kids, we've been talking about this stuff. Right. Like, there were times where well, me and you, since we were, like, fourth grade... Yeah, it was too early. ...having sleepovers, and we were losing my mind. we were best friends, and people don't understand. We'd be in there, like, late night, sitting there, TV off, right. in, like, two different beds. We'd watch a Mr. Show, and we'd be like, turn it off. Right, and yeah. we'd be like, yo, like, God, this God is... Dumb. Like, what this is, is that? Nice. Like, yeah. what, what is that? We're like, yo, everyone's so stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we were too young. We're all trying to figure out the truth, right? And some people don't really concern themselves with that. Some people aren't trying to find the meaning of life. It's all about... But we can't avoid. It. It's all about But the part level. of it is do you have the room? Sure, exactly. I, I so, just so, want to be clear so on that. It, it's, it's, it's a little disparaging room. to say, like, not everyone's trying to find no, them. No, 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 like, of course. But look. Some people are, like, trying to stay alive. Right, but you know what? And this is where you, you guys are. You two are, are in gonna, a bed on Long Island. Or you guys are going to fucking hate this comment. But, like, I believe that my thoughts, hopes, dreams, and experiences actually in some ways more valuable than a guy who's fucking pushing water out of a well. Like, his life is almost closer to that of a fucking dog than it is to Einstein. <laughs> wow. All right, I'm so, just saying, like... But the, why? Because I said so. That's what I believe. That's my... I'm well, just, no, no, but yeah, why but he has it? it? he has an internal life, just like you right, do. Right, but it's of no consequence to me or the world or... Yeah, what, or are you, that's, that's what are you ego, doing... Yeah, your, what are you doing that's, that's so your, impactful to the that's world? That's literally I, your ego creating an illusion of separateness. I'm yeah, creating an illusion... I'm creating an illusion of that my consciousness is more important... Than other consciousness, and it's not the question is why. Is there a wave in the ocean that's more important than another wave? It's all from the same thing, right? But it's not. Again, this is just my my everyone. This leads me to my other point. Okay, and this is and this is important about <laughs> yeah, the ego thing. You should get off this. this thing. Leads, no, it's all tied. It's all tied. It's all tied. It's all tied. <laughs> Do we have any Shev's edits on this? <laughs> no, no, no. We have a couple that were How many people are still with us? Who cares? Look, uh, you know, if you're a patron, you're probably getting here. Yeah, look, right. Tula's with us. One hundred and ten. Right. What I'm saying is this. The people who believe in a in a more traditional religion, God, Jesus, whatever. The people who believe in the theories of Alan Watts. The people who believe in the Big Bang Theory. We're all trying to find, identify, digest, and internalize some theory or evidence or knowledge that helps us make peace with our existence and the fact that we're going to die. And we don't really know what's going on, right? right? You pick the thing that you've been exposed to and the idea that resonates with you and you can accept and can get you to just fucking walk around without blowing your brains out. It's just a how do you face the goddamn day, right? So if 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 it is enough for you to believe there's a man in the sky and that makes enough sense for me to keep waking up and doing this job and going to sleep, that's fine. And the bar is lower on how much you could spend thinking about if it makes sense to you if your hierarchy of needs is not met. I have one caveat. So I, I generally agree with where you started, yeah. which is like everyone's looking for some way to rationalize right. existence. And the only thing I, I I don't know if it's a disagreement or just a, a, a corollary is I think it's easier for some people to face the day than others. Like Sure, certainly. You, and you, I, you sort of use the language of blow your brains out. Like. I never wake up in the morning like, how the hell am I going to get through today? I I'm sort of like, how can I make the most of today? Right. But I don't I, I don't think I'm wrestling with existence right, to but, a degree. But I will say one thing that I think the middle ground between the two of you guys is that like, if we're going to talk about privilege, we're going to get stuck. Right. Like, if you talk about privilege, well, you, can't you get help. stuck. Right? You can't help your privilege. And I think it's all, like, it's more like uh, uh, the reason that I'm like, oh, this is what I want to do is that whatever community or whatever 
wherever place you're born or you have the privilege of being born or whatever, it's what can, how can I best serve my community? I live in a country, I live in the most first world country as of now, or now whatever, in, in the world where water is not a problem, where like uh, a lot of manual labor is taken care of. So it's like, okay, well, in terms of how do I fit in in here, where can my talents slot in to this place? I've realized that actually makes it kind of difficult because you're like, well, we have an abundance of people who can do this thing. What am I best at? Right. How, what can how I, I do to better the community world? The best. Yes. And how can I do the world? And it's like every time I lean into entertainment, I feel like I succeed more. Meaning the world is that's what they would like from me. Well, you made a point earlier about that's anxiety. That's hard to wrestle with because you because when you come at me with the privilege argument, I'm like, shit. What I'm doing is the most superfluous of things. No, no, no. no. Let it's me make a let me make a different though. point. Right. You were talking about anxiety earlier, yeah. like some days maybe it could be hard for you to come in here and record the podcast or something. Well, it's, it's hard when you feel like your identity. When I'm going into an accounting that's job, that's I know, ego. I know. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not totally ego because when I go to well, an accounting ego, job, ego not meaning that you're full of yourself. It's right. just anything yeah, in your I brain. Don't. That yeah. creates an illusion of being separate from yeah. anybody I'm else. Wait, I'm just going to make a simple point, which that, is it's not what I'm it's not what I'm meant to do. Clearly, that's not my talent. You right. know what I mean? No, like, no so question. when you go in there and you're like, oh, I'm anxious about this because I'm not good at it. That's different than like, oh, I'm better than this. Fuck this thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That's a feeling I've run up against. I just want to make a small point, which is when you talk about anxiety, you say maybe it could keep me from coming in this room. I think one simple mechanism to battle that is that there's a lot of people that really enjoy what you do in this room. And so back to your point about uh, finding the way that you can add the most value, I, I do think there's something really important. Once you stop thinking about yourself a little bit and you start to think about what can you do that is actually helpful to the broader... If, if you believe Newman's point earlier that we're all sort of one of the same and that right. this is all one existence, then we are all one kind of organism moving right, around. So if I'm in the ear how do you of somebody who's to doing that org- something... If and it's anyone's listening to this and right. they're like, I feel better then you helped yourself yeah. by virtue of doing something you care about and them and that's the most important thing that I think you can do. Well that's what I'm saying is like making like making it sounds corny but like I lo- like making people laugh I'm like oh that that feels great. Also, I'm also at this place where I'm like I actually believe this is the thing I'm the best at. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm not, ex- you can't exactly know, but it's like also, oh, that's kind of what I meant to do. And that's not that wrestling with that, of wrestling with that is very difficult because now you place this argument as like, yo, you're a millennial. You guys all take selfies and care about yourself and that's it. But then you're like, oh, but actually this is like, when I work on this podcast, it's like, it comes so natural to me. Like, it's not even, it's not even, it's like work. I put in sometimes like 12 hour days on the pod and I'm like, oh man, like that didn't even feel hard right. because my brain is like sometimes so or, or today. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> I, I work on this pod a lot. I would say if we're, if we're in the serious mode, I do a lot of stuff. I'm always thinking about how to like, what's the thing that the, that the, the universe, like the, that will like. Now I'm blowing smoke on my ass, but like, uh, 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 yeah. I'm I, saying, but you, Arlen, let's talk about you specifically, right? Like, you worked super hard. Uh, 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 you were, you were like, yo, I, I, I'm, I'm working hard. Like, I saw you. You were uh, making sandwich wraps. Yeah, right? Yeah. You didn't like your existence out of college. You yeah. were an overachiever, but you were a little lost. You went to business school. And then well, I want I wanted success and fulfillment. Like I didn't have one specific well, measure yeah, of success. Well, yeah, because there's tons of times in your career where you could have taken people don't know this about you. You could have taken jobs that would pay you more and be more safe. And, well, you, and take- you talked on the podcast a week or two ago about like that moment where you're talking to someone that's maybe less enlightened and I again, I I I, I wrestle with this. 
sort of that easy explanation. Like, there's something really enviable about being in that moment and just being like, oh, yeah, I'm a doctor. Like, and everyone yeah. universally is right. like, oh, that's great. Well, that's my, really impressive. My main point is that you know, you, you, I'm saying you need to be in some kind of a leadership control, uh, 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 creative capacity, right? Like, you know that about yourself, but it's easy to be like, oh, that's ego because you don't, you don't want to have like a million bosses or what? Like, it's almost the same thing, is what I'm saying. Look, it's not not ego, but I also think that. But that's also the place you operate best. Well, I, I think it's the contribution that I make to the best degree and where I'm most valued and I also this may very well be ego but I like the idea of doing big things and I think it's really like let's take this podcast you could be sitting in your apartment right now recording by yourself but that wouldn't be nearly as good as this and so now you have a team assembled right this took a lot to coordinate right but now you have a team assembled here and you get the results of that team but then that means there's collaboration and give and take and worrying about other people and there's something interesting to me about doing things that are complicated amongst a group and then worrying about how the entire group like i love the idea Hotel. Is that am i supposed wow. to talk right now am i uh, love the idea of a band where uh the entire band has to kind of operate in harmony and then bands that have longevity like often they go through therapy and all these things because right it is a team in a way that is really complicated so i Number one, like the idea of doing things that are bigger than yourself. Like there's a, it's like an African proverb that's like, uh, if you want to go uh, fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think that's really interesting. I desire to go far and do complicated things. Right. But then when you are going together, you actually have to worry about other people and how things impact them. And that requires a degree of emotional intelligence and enlightenment that I strive for, and I feel like but that's the most complicated thing to get to. It all comes back to this thing for me where it's like everybody acts like the normal, the norm or whatever, or like is like being detached from your choice and existence. So I always feel like there's this thing where it's like, well, it's like, well, I got to feed these kids or whatever or whatever. Like there was no choice to have kids. Yeah. Or like, you know what I mean? Like this thing where I was like, well, like I got to go to the job every day. Like you choose to get up and go to the place you well, go to I was every day. you this podcast is a choice. Right. And it's like, it's unbelievable what I've learned just from like, I said this on the last pod, the first time I quit my job, that PwC job. The first time you quit your job. Well, most I love of the time it. I'm fired. Most of the time I'm fired. I've only quit once. Uh, and like you, and then I was like, oh man, when I stopped working and they started, I'm taking risks that I never thought I could emotionally handle. And now I take such bigger risks than that. Like I take such big, uh, 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 swings of times where I'm, uh, where I'm, <sighs> Like, I, like this week I booked this commercial and you're like, yo, thank God. Right. I said it to you guys. I've been saying it on the air, right? I've yeah. been like, yo, I need, I've been talking about all my commercials. I'm like, I need one of these. But it was like, yo, I'm not going to be fearful. I'm actually going to bring my best self to all these auditions, you know? And then you start realizing when you operate from a place of like, let's put in quotes, desperation, you start doing some of your best stuff because you realize how important something is to you. So I don't know. But then, but Newman, when you come from this place where you're like, you're kind of like, all that I feel like you're sitting back and being like, "Yo, you guys are still not seeing it." No, I mean, I think that like however you want to live your life, right, is fine. You're I libertarian. Think the only thing that yeah, the only thing that I think most people should do is try to ameliorate unnecessary suffering right. where you can, uh, and however you do that is fine. Uh, but no, I mean, you guys don't. 
you guys get it, obviously, because right. you're, you're, you're seeing that there is more to this life than just the material world and the spoils that you can get from right. exploiting it. But there's a the thing about Shebs, which you didn't get to, is like, Shebs knows this is finite, which does scare you or whatever. It's my biggest fear. Right. Of all it time. scares me way less than you because I'm like, it's cool. Uh, 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 but maybe if I'm successful, I'll hate it later. When yeah. I'm like, yo, I got all yeah. this money. I'm not going to be able to spend or whatever. Right. But also you're like all about like, yo, do dope shit. Yes. Like you have a very do dope shit. I'm yeah. a very experiential. Like, so again, we're all just doing the thing that gets us through the day. And by that, I don't mean we're going to fucking kill ourselves. What I mean is right. that we're trying to live a life that is most in step with our values and what we perceive to be true about the nature of existence. Like what, why we are here, that type of thing. And my comment before that was so controversial just like some people don't have the luxury of thinking about that so in that sense they're operating on a much more animalistic plane where it's just like survive procreate go right so that was uh, maybe i said it in the most abrasive way possible right. but the point is we have the luxury of of being able to think okay well why are we doing these things right yeah what is the point of doing this for some people well, i think Buddha, on some Buddha level was a prince right, and there's, right that's, yeah exactly exactly that's the only point. way you could right. do that in that time period right. is to be a fucking prince no one else has the time to fucking think on a higher level about w why we're doing the things we do and on some level if you ask me what is the point of life what is the meaning of life i believe that the meaning of life is to procreate before you die that, and, and I don't even care if you, it's not that important to me. I want to have kids, but it's because we are just you gonna, biologically. We, we are an animal, and our only purpose is to further our, to keep our species alive, which I think is also not possible. At some point, the human race will be extinct, right? This is all for nothing. It is nothing but chaos. And the only thing that is true is what we observe in to be true through science or whatever is that. Oh, animals, uh, they exist to feed, shelter themselves, live, and, and pass right. the genes on. There's nothing more than that well, to me. You, did you guys see that movie, First Reform? No. No. Uh, it's not, it's not, I didn't really like it that much, but I the concept it. of it is like a guy whose wife is pregnant, right? and, and he's, like, he's like, yo, I don't want to bring a kid to this planet that we're destroying like it's right. it's like embarrassing for me to like bring the like he's talking to the Ethan Hawke who's the priest and he's like it's ridiculous I'm not have these kids but like we're completely raping this planet right and I'm like hey I'm having and it's like he's like I'm having you for me right yeah, well, look, on some biological so level, it's, it's there is fulfillment from having it. As a human being that is an animal, you will gain some fulfillment from procreating and seeing your, your genes right. pass on. So what? he was wrestling with that, which I thought was, I'd never seen that in a movie, right. which I thought was interesting. And then what, what you're saying about me is that it's all about doing dope shit is because beyond that, I don't actually see a real quote unquote point to this. What we do have, though, is a finite amount of time to experience things. Okay, right? but to bring this back to wrestling, because we're going to wrap it up, like, yeah. but to bring this back to wrestling, we talked about it earlier in the episode. It was like, yo, for, for, for Sean, to have those like 25 years of wrestling greatness and he's going to lose the back 15, back yeah. 10. Is it worth it? To me, that answer is such a resounding yes. Where right. It's just like, yo, if you're lucky enough to have a passion and you're lucky enough to be amazing at something in this life, to, to not seize on it is a true... Shame. Right. Yes. You know? If you have identified the thing that gives your life meaning. And it's what I love about wrestling. I feel like these guys are just, they're giving it their all. Right. For the, the, to be great at this thing that they love. It's, it's, it, there's no, it's, it's not just a wrestling thing, but it is amazing. So you're, you gave some heavy criticism to Daniel Bryan today. Yeah. And I think the, mo the thing most to his credit is that. He's he going had to proven brain damage, and he was like, "No, this thing is so important 
and it is so the thing that I do that gives other people happiness and right. joy that I am going to clearly put the health of my brain right. and my greater body at risk. It, and right. he is a child. Well, that, po- to that posits two things. It posits one, that he values, uh, as part of his, uh, the truth in his reality is that he must do something that brings him fulfillment, and he must also value bringing joy to other people, and he must place those two things that he values above his longevity and above his child's experience in life, right? right? Where some people would say, I, what is more valuable to me, what is more true to me, is that you should live your life in step with having your children have the most value I don't value want to go down life. a rabbit hole, but I do think there is, to me, a trade-off between local and global impact. I think it is very hard for you to have a global impact and be great at a local level. Like, right, right, that's why I think do people one like or, Obama so much. Right. Because he did major global impact and seems to have a nice local impact with right. his family as well. Right. Most people are either... Being Ric Flair, right. impacting millions of people uh, in, in a moderate way, um, but not in like a, a major day-to-day way, and impacting his family minimally because he's not present. Right. So if you ask me, hey, is Daniel Bryan living a life that is, you know, a, a fulfilling or true existence? I'm like, yeah, sure. He's living a great existence for him. That's great. But I'm trying to rank, do I think he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time? And I don't. But is are his life choices in step with what he's determined but to be true? This reminding me what I like about Daniel Bryan so much is he is like yes. the embodiment of passion sure, he's which for- is like my big thing like I'm a passionate guy and this guy like it's hard his X factors are hard to portray to people right well, but he's there doing- is one which is he has brain damage yeah, sure. and he decided to keep wrestling which is cool and that- he had like a, a like a pretty cush WB contract this is the GM right you could show up and look Paige but- has it and, and I will say that none of that is actually universal truth we're not saying it's better to follow your passion there than it is to do yeah. that right I don't believe in innate good or evil I don't believe that Daniel Bryan would always want to be a wrestler that is what's true that is what's honorable that is what what needs to happen in people's lives to get fulfilling. I think that everything he knows, values, and holds to be true has been conscripted upon him by the things he's observed, the life he's lived, and that informs what his path is to live the life that is the most true or the thing that he believes to be his purpose. And he's doing that, but I don't think he's above an 84. Uh, Newman, I'll give you the last word on this. Um, Yeah, I mean, what to say, right? Like... I think that um, I'll just say that that I agree with Dan. I think that the um, the one of the things I enjoy the most about wrestling is the fact that, <clears throat> and sometimes I'll just like sit back and marvel at this. Like these are grown children who are literally living their dream. Yeah, and I believe that concept of being like being like things are childish is such bullshit. Yeah, like I, I believe it to be such bullshit. Like, and it, people calling wrestling, oh, it's childish. You're like, it's it, 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 it's just, that, back to Newman's point. Yeah. That's their own fear. That, that's their inability right. to connect I mean, with their own joy. Every time some like Trump supporter <laughs> is like, oh, SNL needs you know, this. This SNL sucks, and it's like that's somebody, and I can just see into their heart. That is somebody who wanted to be a dancer or wanted to be a writer, and they just didn't do it. Right, and you're like, how do you? you these people go watch these superhero movies and everything, all movies every weekend, they're in, in, like absorbing media constantly and entertainment, and you're like, how do you think this thing gets made? Right. It gets made by people who think outside of the box constantly, and you make those people feel like shit. Like, you right. know, on, 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 Taco Bell's thinking outside the bun. Trump <laughs> loves the tortilla salad. All right, I know. What time are we at here? Where are we at? 
Uh, we are at unedited for uh, our eight hours and 45 minutes. Okay, all right. Went <laughs> wow. a little long. Went wow. a little everybody, long. 45 hey. minutes of time and a half. All right, everybody, <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Let's just think. Let's kind of just think about the eight-hour episode and uh, here I am with my think back on, on what happened these past mm. eight hours and where we were and where we are now. There's a slow motion montage in my head of Shebs and, and Arlen yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Me too. What was, what was your favorite moment in this podcast? Every time I opened my mouth. <laughs> All right. Arlen, what was your favorite moment? I think you're going to ask me my least favorite moment. What was your favorite moment? Coming back in here with a joyous return from being on a business call for two hours and just hitting it right over the head with Jericho. Leave the memories alone. Probably the egg bites. Skylar brought the egg bites. Great egg bites. Anosh, what was your favorite moment? Right now. I like to, uh, <laughs> my sinuses are going to blow my head up right now. Uh, I, I like to imagine the uh, the hoagie shop employees right now staying later than they should. Yeah. The, bo- the boss is giving them shit. Like, the bread is already made, man. You can go home. And he's sitting in the corner with his headphones on. He's like, nah, dog. We got to finish the episode. You know? We give him extra content. That's great. I enjoy that. That is this great. this was for them, you know? Absolutely. I got a patronage. Um, I got to tell you guys, my favorite moment of this podcast was the whole thing. I just want to thank you guys for flying in to be on this eight-hour extravaganza. I want to thank... I want to thank all the patrons out there for making this thing possible. I read mean, we everyone's had, name. Read every single one's name right now. I should. But instead of reading the names, what I will do is belt out this fuel song. Leave the memories alone. And I want to say the way it is. This is a fun song they played for Flair. Yep. When Flair was retiring, the Flair well, the Flair baby. Well, incredible, incredible content. Uh, but no, thank you for the patrons. This is just 100, guys. This is the beginning. But thank you. You deserve this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Uh, remember, right now, uh, we could cow hoodies. You can pick them up now. I, I have a, I have a. I don't know when this Who is. Who that's still listening right now doesn't have a cow hoodie. <laughs> I, I, you'd be surprised. I don't have that many. I have a, probably when this airs, I'll have a couple left uh but uh, as of now i have only a little more than uh, a little less than half left um and remember we hit 200 patrons we're gonna have more amazing projects i have a big cow pay, uh project uh scheduled for when we hit 200 that i am not exactly sure how we're gonna do it we hit 150 i'm gonna do another giveaway so uh keep plugging away this is gonna be uh, a big year for cow welcome to 2019 and uh thanks for stopping by the cow nine to five eight hour episode you can go home you can clock out at the hoagie shop and thank you so much for being on this ride with me and uh i'm gonna give one resounding and one final cheers up keep watching wrestling kisses
has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. Thank you.